0: Pan. And into the fire. Run. Run!
1: Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Out of the Frying Pan, a middler strategy battle game podcast.
2: Quest stands upon the edge of a knife, Stray but is little and it will fail to the ruin of all. Yet hope remains, while the company is true.
1: <laughs> mm, poignant at a, at, a, at a local level. How's it going, <laughs> mate? You alright?
2: <laughs> yeah, all good, thank you. All good. It's been a while. I was, uh, yeah. I've just, I've just uh, driven home from the other half, actually, as it goes, and I was reflecting in the car and thought, I can't remember how to do it. Are we going to screw it all up?
1: <laughs> well, I was all confident when I messaged you and said, hey, I can get online early. And then I realised I haven't fired up Discord for a while and it was taking ages to do updates and things, but we're, all, all went well. Yeah, I, we should call this the um, apologising for the gap being a little bit long section or something like that. Um <laughs> Um, it's becoming regular enough. We need a yeah, section. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, underplanned things, unplanned things. Anyway, wh- why didn't you tell everyone what we've actually got coming up on the show, rather than what we've not been doing for the last sort of six weeks or so?
2: Brilliant, cool. So we've got our usual many meetings where we'll catch up on any new releases that have come out. Um, we'll talk about sort of different bits and pieces that have been going on in the community. Talk about what we've been up to personally. We've got our main section, which we're calling Turning the Tables, which is to do with, uh, some, part of it's to do with the upcoming CrackCon uh, event that we're attending, and part of it's um, generally to do with building gaming tables, and you know how we went about it, little tips and tricks that we've learned, mostly you've learned between us, and uh, anything we can impart, um, hopefully get some little thinking points for people if you want to engage with us a little bit, pop your tables and stuff on our social media, etc., Uh, We have a heroic deathmatch. We've invited on a a guest. So we've got uh, Nathan Talbot this time. You may have heard him on Harry's podcast or seen him around the community, usually trolling someone. And uh, typically he has picked a troll for the uh, heroic deathmatch, but you're going to have to tune in and find out who that troll is fighting. And uh, then we'll have the usual closeout.
1: Fantastic. Right then. Well, let's take a little break and we'll come back with many meetings.
3: Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK market-leading gaming mats from gamemat.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit IncomGaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink.
1: And we're back with many meetings, so um, so how have you really been there? What have you you been up to? We're going to talk about some news first, I think, aren't we? And There's probably a lot happened since we last recorded.
2: Yeah, it's hard to remember. I mean, obviously, we've had Articon since, and uh, Rob and Jay, who also won Articon. Uh, Jay, that is, not Rob. Um, I don't know if you played, actually, but, uh, you know, let us know, Rob. But uh, yeah, they went and they uh, did a presentation, um, which is pretty cool, actually, like an official GW, you know, presentation on the Saturday evening. So the fact that they're sort of getting involved on an independent level, is, I think is pretty fantastic. It's a level of, you know, community engagement. Mm. You just don't generally see quite so much. I think it's brilliant. So yeah, uh, and they showed some pretty cool stuff. Obviously, I, I got incredibly excited. Um, <laughs> the, the, the new Witch King is coming. Yes. And he is beautiful. And I have plans for that. To the point of taking days off, all uh, become clear in due time. It's not quite as sad as I'm making that sound. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, obviously, he can be assembled as both sort of Pelennor when he's in full plate armor. Although I know on uh, in the movie he's on back of the fell beast, mm-hmm. um, and also in sort of the hunt for the ring bearer when he's uh, Black Rider guys as well. Which is they look awesome. Yes, such so cool. Once again, they're knocking out the park with the plastic kits.
0: Yeah
1: I do like that one I'm, it's, I, I've no need for it as such but um, it will be we were talking about this the other day and that's something I might not pick up on release but purely just I'm just trying to be a bit more sensible about buying stuff that I don't need immediately especially if it's a plastic model that's clearly going to be in the range for years and years to come um, so I may not pick it up right away just because I, it would just sit in a box um, <laughs> So, um, but uh, do I want to get both or do I just want to Making up with a pen and all star, I I really love the the original sort of fellowship witch king sculpt.
2: Oh, the black one. with a raised sword. Yeah, I've, I've three got three it, couple.
1: and I haven't and I haven't painted it yet. I got that when it was on mate to order, so I bought that to, to be as part of my my nine, which I, I think at the moment are a, are a six. <laughs> I've still got an extra three to go, um, and we kind of guessed that was coming out then for that, and it and it did, and I, I still love that one, so I may well just use that as my kind of quest for the ring bearer fellowshipy type one and then buy the new plastic one and make that more of the kind of match play style if i'm running a mordor army or doing a pen and all style game kind of thing rather than buy two i would love to to, love to own two and do it and i may do it at some point but that starts to become a bit of a a luxury considering it's not a faction i play whereas you you've got a big mordor army so i can kind of understand why you would be, be straight in there
2: It'd be very much the jewel in the crown of my Warder army. Yes, so yeah, yeah, very yeah, much yeah, yeah. looking exactly. forward
1: to it. Exactly. Don't don't get me wrong, we could get to the next show, and I've you know, and if if, if everything's been out, which I, I don't know, it might got thin, it might be. We've had some, we had another teasing article the other day, didn't we? Yeah,
2: yeah um, um, and people have obviously been looking at what's in the um, the, late, the next white dwarf, and someone spotted that there's a um, like a, uh, a tactica. Him? Right, I,
1: I I sort of thought when once they announced it. Generally, when you see painted models, it's hard to tell at the moment because things have obviously been messed up because of COVID releases and things. But when we saw that article the other day, I think it was Jay, isn't it, been interviewed about? Uh, yeah. The, the book generally when you see that you, you know the pre order's is going to go up in the next week or two so I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that pre-order up very soon and then um and then the obviously the stuff out the week after so you never know by the time we next record especially the rate we go at the moment you imagine it would be five minutes record they may well have been out and maybe we're saying oh i bought two hadn't just said that i will i'm not going to buy them yet but you never know you never know
2: yes <laughs> but yeah i mean you, you- I'm definitely getting him, and he'll be in or style, but I'll probably do Black Riders eventually. The, the thing that puts me off at the moment is obviously it'll be one mega awesome plastic model and then eight metal models. On yeah, yeah, that's, that's what would put me off for the now, it but might, uh, we shall see. It might be when I get round to doing the
1: massive Mordor army I've got sitting on Spru, I've got two Felbeasts as well, so I may well be, uh, I think I even bought a metal Witch King to um, to um to fit on one of them. So the logical thing will be that I don't use that now, and I and I buy that plastic kit when I get around to doing that army and magnetise it so he can hop on a fell beast and so then also, oh, I'm sure there'll be a way of doing it. I'm sure there will. There better be anyway. Um, <laughs> there better <laughs> we be. We shall otherwise, soon see. otherwise, I'll 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 use One my more. podcast to complain about it. Uh, <laughs> No, you better hope someone's listening
2: then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm surprised people still are listening to us, but apparently they are. Um but so and what else have we we had other teasers as well, didn't we?
2: Yes, obviously we've got the uh the, the, the Four of the Necromancer book. They've uh, finally given uh, a name to um the Erebor book mm-hmm. It's the North. Uh we're getting a Forge World resin by the looks of it, and I do believe it's actually been mentioned now in writing uh Amon Hen. Which looks phenomenal and typically uh, has been teased pretty much to the point where I finally painted mine. <laughs> um, whether I'll get it, I don't know. Depends on the money.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like the weather top for me. The beautiful pieces, but um, um, I just you can get so much else for the same kind of money, and I've got so much on my my hobby shopping list that the other things would come before it
2: um yeah see if i didn't have the one i've got which is a really good one as well for a 3d print yeah exa- i probably would have got it yeah i've got the same thing you have it it's not it's
1: not a nice not as a, a higher quality print as yours but it's still decent enough and it's been well, it's been made and painted for ages now it's a table for for and Jetsum. and i've got the um a few bits to go with it i've got the the half kind of the, the large head of the statue that's yes. on its side and so I feel like I've got that covered. So if I bought that, much like I said previously, I think with with weather top because I've got a three D printed sort of not weather top, um, I'd buy them to make as a big display thing. That kind of that kind of money I probably wouldn't buy to game on, especially as they probably don't game as well as something larger so uh, it would be one of those to make a big display one day which may, may well get around to it'll be an indulgence but uh, i haven't finished painting smell yet as a bit of a spoiler for later so um, <laughs> buying yeah. buying big expensive things like that i should at least finish painting the, the previous big expensive thing before i do it but we'll see we haven't they haven't announced the price yet but i can't imagine it'll be cheap
2: yeah i mean, but it is, it is stunning looking I yeah mean, it's, a bes- it's, it's a
1: bespoke a- collectible model kit type of thing that's where you've got to look at it it's a bit like something you'll get from wetter but you've got to paint it yourself just put it that's the way i'll uh, that's the way that's the kind of box it goes in for me mentally if you don't want to spend that kind of money there are definitely alternatives out there so to game with
2: yeah definitely but uh it, either way awesome and the fact they're actually you know investing in doing things like that's a really good sign for all of us uh we've also got the return of the Vanquishers of the necromancer box set well, I think it was a box originally. Yes, so which I'm supremely excited about, dead excited about. I'm I will definitely pick them up mm-hmm. straight up as soon as they're available because I wanted those for ages. Um, and I guess there was always a hope they'd come back, and you know. First, I thought it was a fool's hope, but it turns out not to be. Um, <laughs> we're also getting the awesome uh Gandalf um, half drawing sword in dog order with Thrain the Broken. So, again, two more models I really wanted. They're coming too.
1: Those ones tempt me as much as the the other stuff so far. It's it's, it's not, you know, I'm definitely picking up the book. And if they do dice, I'll uh, I'll pick up some dice, no doubt, because I've mainly because I've got all the other sets now, but th- that set. Is probably the, the one that I'm most likely to get. So I'm hopefully that's like a, a permanent thing. I think it is, isn't it? It's like a semi permanent return, is it? Not. A... I think it's
2: return to range. I don't, yeah, it's yeah. not an. It's not made to order. That's good. Um, that's no, good. I don't want to be
1: kind of. At least as,
2: as far as I can work out, they've not mentioned it being made to order, and they're usually pretty upfront about that now. Because obviously the feedback they've had in the past is, you know, people wanted clarity, and I think they are being very clear with things like that nowadays. So oh,
1: I do like. Yeah. it. I think I found. I, I, I was going through my box the other day looking for, for some bits and I think I've got that um, Bilbo anyway and I didn't remember having him. <laughs> so They're just not the Gandalf. That's bizarre, isn't it? Um,
2: yeah, well, he doesn't come with the Bilbo now, does he? He comes with three.
1: Does he? Well, that's perfect then. There we go. Yeah, so that's so you, a happy you... accident.
2: Because <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I don't remember buying him. I don't remember what I got
1: yeah. him for. He's obviously got it for a reason. I just don't remember why. So. to taunt me with <laughs> I, I didn't know I don't I think it's what I've got I just I didn't know I had it I'll, I'll have a look And if it's, if, if, if it's what we think it is and we'll sort something out because
2: you'll do oh, something no, you've got I'm not Matt's
1: sorted me out oh of course you did but, of course you did I just didn't yeah. know I had it otherwise I'd have given it to you eight years ago because I'm not I'm in no desperate need for it I can't remember buying it someone's going to Message and say you talked about uh, on episode blah blah blah, or something like that. I don't, my brain is shot through that, at the moment, it? so I just can't remember only why I bought it. Anyway, that's not all we're talking about,
2: yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, we've got the book, uh, we've been teased, uh, well, a little bit of uh, Defense of the North, we'd already covered, um brand etc and the knights of Dale, hadn't we oh yeah. it's the castellans are coming back but they're, they're repackaging them uh as three so you'll get all three poses uh, okay i think that's the, the fundamental difference and they're bringing back the spiders as well from what i can work out Spires, I think the meat, Spiders, are and wonderful. the queen
1: ah uh, okay that's good so that's that's something that interests me the castellans models don't really excite me and it's not an army i'm super likely to do i don't i'll, think. I'll pick them up as yeah, well and that doesn't um, surprise me you are an evil uh, so and so so well um, you gotta
2: have the full dog or the, and full, you won't although,
1: the spiders though will you i'm guessing
2: i will not be getting the spiders no i will definitely definitely not under no circumstances i don't care how good they are i'd rather lose every game i ever play again than paint any of those
1: i'll have to see how much they are. i do like the idea this, this they come up a lot in the law so i like the idea of having a lot of spiders to play some of the scenarios with. I've nearly a few times bought the um, War Games Atlantic ones
2: because mm. they're
1: great value and and they'd be great for kind of home scenario play. Um, but I bef- always prefer to have the, the proper sort of licensed ones just because of the, they're designed to look like the ones in the film, hopefully. But uh, because they've been out of range for a while, I've been tempted to get those War Games Atlantic ones. So we'll see how much they are. Um, Maybe, maybe.
2: Yeah, so uh, I think that's about it, at least for the now. Obviously, we've had um, lots of stuff going on with Warhammer Plus. I don't think um, that was actually going last time we recorded. No, or, I don't know very if just, Don't know if we've so discussed I've got it got a either. Sub for that.
1: I have. Um, I've watched next to nothing, um, but I've just been crazy, crazy busy with stuff going on at the moment. Um, so I haven't really had a chance to kind of sit and enjoy content like that um, but I wanted to sign up to start with I kind of they have not they never advertised this I was kind of hoping um, I don't know why but I was kind of hoping at some point they'd put the videos they put on Twitch up afterwards on there as well so it was like an all-in so you don't have to have two subscriptions to kind of get all of their video content so to speak I get why they they may not well I get why well, they haven't done that and may, they may never do that Um, but I'd love to think if they've got their own kind of subscription TV thing at some point they'll have their They'll put their live stuff out there as well, but it doesn't really work very well. It works against their Twitch model, I suppose, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It's, it's um, a difficult one because it seems a shame to for them to be uh, doing live programs but not on their TV channel. <laughs> when you yes. say it like that, it seems a bit strange. It's not a complaint, by the way. It's just an observation. I, I quite like the pro. I think the price is pretty good. Um, there's no not loads and loads, loads of content on there that I'm super into at the moment. Um, or maybe in the future there's stuff that my son might like. Um, a lot of it's not suitable for him at the moment, though. Um, so that'll be interesting to see whether they do some more stuff that's suitable for younger viewers. I know a lot of people won't like that. <laughs> I remember the the anger on the interwebs when they brought out those kids' books. Um, <laughs> but um, having recently sort of spent a bit of time with Jacob... I'll come on to this later it's pretty much the only hobby I've been doing. It's not really been Lord of the Rings related but sort of playing a, a game or two with Jacob with with miniatures um, as a nearly seven-year-old. so he's seven next month. Um, he's getting interested and I probably was at that age as well in a, in a certain extent but there are definitely there's, a, there's not a lot suitable in some of those um, animated films and programs. They're a little bit too. Uh, yeah, at least thus little...
2: far I'd agree with you. I've watched pretty much everything that's on there. I've um, not watched anything that came out
1: I'm not That's saying cool. tone the them side. down, but I just wonder if there's something in the future they'll they'll look to do some that are a little bit more aimed, at least 12 kind of plus. I'm not expecting well, them to produce stuff for seven-year-olds, but let's face it, my, my seven-year-old watches stuff for 12-year-olds anyway. So things have changed well, these days, but, but yeah, I wonder if they will do any that are kind of more cartoony and less, less gory for some of the younger people. be it's interesting the
2: to do little five-minute spin-offs of the um, characters from the children's novels.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My only negative, and I, we we talked about this. My only negative, and I've not gone back and used it since, was the the interface for viewing the PDFs was just so ridiculously slow that it made me give up. Um, oh, and so, the vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the stuff that's going into the vault, fine. Um, and it's going obviously going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I love the idea of having that mass resource there, um, and I guess they want to put protection on it so people just don't save the PDFs and share them. I'm guessing that's what it is, but I don't know. It takes a long time to scroll pages, really, really yeah, long time. And I like to – I'm used to reading a lot of digital resources on my iPad um, and you can used to just flicking the page with my thumb and this kind of scrolls up and you scroll up and then you wait about three seconds as the page flicks and loads. And I showed you my – I said my internet speed at the time. My internet speed was like at 350 meg at the time, so it wasn't my speed. Um, and that was the only thing I just felt felt like it was um, the software that was running it um, was a little bit uh, I'd much rather it I don't know if there's a way to do it I not don't know anything about computers but we should let you maybe download it but not save it or something so, it's sort of, so it downloads to your device locally but you just can't then save it to iBooks or whatever it is afterwards because um, at least then you might be able to download it and flick through it, but you just, you've just you got to stay on that page or something. I don't know. I don't know how they can work it, but I feel it needs to improve slightly. But that would be the only thing that I don't think is good about it. I think it's fairly cheap. Um, I think the freebies are excellent. I've got my £10 voucher. Um, yeah, we've well, we spent one. <laughs> have you? I'm kind of hoping... I'm holding on to mine and hoping that we get a pre-order for, for, the, for this new book before the end of the month. If we don't, then I'll spend it anyway, because it goes... Doesn't
0: it? So saying trouble. that, I've
1: seen a few people saying that you can buy another voucher with it, <laughs> so so you can just go and use it to buy a voucher, and then you have got something that doesn't run out.
2: Well, yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw, because, you know, um, I've,
1: I've seen it before a couple of people on Instagram saying because there's a time for those of you you don't know, you get um, there's a you get a few perks for signing up to Warhammer Plus, and one of them was once you've been signed up for what, was it two months or something like that? I think it was so you got a a ten pound gift voucher. So basically uh, you
2: it's only your money completing back. In your first month I Is it, it first month the yeah. so
1: you get your money you get your monies back already so it was a bit of a no brainer even if you cancelled after that point but there was a time limit to, to spend it within 30 days essentially but I think you can just go and buy another standard voucher off the website unless they've closed that loophole down already. Uh, either way I'll find something to spend it on and hopefully the, the new book's out by then and the dice and I'll be able to, um, if there's dice I'll keep just assuming there's dice because there always isn't with a book these days isn't there um, and then I'll it will cover the cost for the of, of the dice if there's some or um, I don't know a third of the book or whatever it happens to be so it'll be good. Um, yeah definitely. And then you get miniatures don't you so you get a choice between a uh, Big AOS um Oryx, is it? They're Orux now, aren't they? Yeah. Um and um Assassin, which is a beautiful model. So I just thought that would be something lovely to paint. So when they when they get sent out next year there'll be a million of those all over Instagram of everyone painting their assassins and uh my will sit in a box somewhere. But um it's cool. It's got cool. I think it's I, I, I just thought that the freebies were well worth giving it six months and seeing how it goes.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm getting, I'm getting the value out of it. I mean, there's certain things on there that I'm getting less out of, but I don't think they can do all things for all people. I'm getting enough out of it to justify its cost, to be fair. I've paid a lot more for a lot less, so yeah. I can't complain in any way, shape or form, and I'd recommend people gave it a go.
1: I'll review it in about six months and decide if it, as I said, if they start putting their Twitch shows or they stream them in both places so they go live there as well. Um, that would sell it to me because that's news and a way of keeping in contact and for me I can kind of factor that as a business cost as well I can say that's part of part of my business it's staying in touch with what's been released and what's what's been played with and etc cetera, et cetera. Um and I can kind of class that seems as seem to
2: have binned off the uh, you know live uh, previews which is a bit sad actually I also really enjoy those
1: yeah, yeah just just keeping in touch with what they do though I suppose but um, We'll see. It needs get more up. Adam
2: Troke. That's what it needs. It might just Everything be Everything was better. <laughs> What's he doing? Is he gone? No, he um he's actually on one of the things they put up last Wednesday, um, where they're talking a sort of round table chat. Right. Um about um I just thought uh, miss uh, something blood
1: there. Angels. So I just thought I'd miss something there. Is he still is he not No, doing... no,
2: he's still with Workshop as far as I'm yeah remember, but... he's
1: still doing the same role as he was with Warhammer TV, isn't he? Or has that changed? Who knows? Uh, just the way you said oh, it, I think, oh was he <laughs> No, alive? no,
2: no! I just, I just miss seeing him on the live preview. So, if you oh, listen to this well, album, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he was, he was one of the highlights of the pandemic, as far as I'm concerned. Seeing him uh, <laughs> being all, all cheerful about hobby, I think it was a wonderful thing. He's, like he's got an infectious enthusiasm for the hobby so he's perfect for the role
1: yeah i do i i've never met him but uh, i know exactly what you mean i miss yeah, I, I, hopefully I miss i, at some point. I miss the throw I, I love the throne of skulls um coverage we talked about this before him him and mm. nick baiton doing the throne of skulls coverage is was awesome when you when you can't go or any of the big events they did so hopefully we'll see those big events i suppose there's a little segue there isn't there? an accidental segue to uh, events coming back and uh there, yeah, is, they, uh, there is an event. middle
2: one was uh, seven o'clock Monday. They sold the tickets, I believe it was. Mm, I didn't. I, and they sold out in a flash. Yeah,
1: they were. They were going to. They're reduced for obvious reasons at the moment for 40 tickets, wasn't it? For, um, I chatted to to Emma about it. Actually, I was chatting to the wife and said, look, she said, "Do you, these dates are in the calendar? Do they match up?" And I was like, "Actually, they are doing it on this weekend on the in in December." She said, well, "Do you want to go? Can if you want?" And I was like. It causes a lot of stress um, because Emma's very busy with work at that time and I just thought, I'll give it a miss. Um, and I'm sure it would be absolutely brilliant but part of throwing the Skulls for me is the size of the event and the amount of people there. I know mm-hmm. I'd still get five games so it's not saying it's not worth the money but I know I still get five games, I still get my, my meals each day and, and it would essentially be the same kind of event and it really looks like it is, a 1,000 points. There's no rules pack yet, but a 1,000 points, five five games... Um, I'm sure it'll be looking at some of the pictures that have come out for the events that have run. Are they still running the. This sort of looks like the painting competitions and things are following the same format, doesn't it? So yeah. it's 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 it looks like it's going to be a Throne of Skulls just style thing with just less people and called something different. But for me, I just wish they'd
2: stop calling it Match Play.
1: Yeah, it, that's what it, puts it, me off. But it is, It is Match Play, isn't it?
2: Yeah, <laughs> but it's got a real tournament bent to it, which just, uh, it's, I it's find just slightly just off-putting. That's
1: what it is, and that's what a lot of people, people you know, the majority of, of players that go to those kind of events and like doing that kind of stuff, and the ones that don't mind either way, are happy just hanging around on the bottom tables. It didn't feel like that, in terms of, um, well, at least when I went, it didn't feel like a match play event when you were lower down. Um, it's still very friendly and laid back, but then there are some oh, people yeah, there that are trying but to but they've
2: just stopped calling it thrown. I quite liked it. I, they gave I, you... I, I, can
1: we, are we, is that a, do we know that's a, a permanent change, or is that just because they're not?
2: I've got no reduced idea. Reduced events I'd this year. Not.
1: I was assuming it's just we're not going to call it Throne of Skulls because there's only forty tickets. Um, we're going to going to call it something. What do they call it? Battle in Middle Earth or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what the event was called. So I just assume that it was we're going to keep the same format because that's what people like. But we're going to we can only do forty tickets because that's our limit at the moment. Forty people in the the event hall, which would be nice in some ways. So you know, it'll be bit more space and things. I appreciate that. I don't me, mind playing
2: bum to bum with people. It's t- not very nice. <laughs> I thought you said you don't mind it. Um, no, I don't like it.
1: I'm, I'm not a fan <laughs> in any way, shape or form. It's, I, it's never that cramped in there anyway. It's it's Yes, you're in lo- the long rows. That's the hardest bit. But there's still plenty of space in Warhammer World. It's not like some mm. places you go and you really are crammed in. You're not crammed in that much there. I've never felt crowded. And for me... That event was a lot of things. It was the, the format. I did like the format. I don't mind playing match play. Um, I'm not too worried about winning, but I don't mind playing match play um, as, a, as a as a tool for organising. Match play Swiss as a tool for organising five games is, is, is fine. And I really like the extra hobby elements, and I like the, um, what people turned up to with big display boards and all the stuff. We've talked about this loads of times in a while. I thrown fairness cards, but um, it just... For me, part of that magic also is the amount of people there and how special it feels, the amount of people there. And um, and that's partly why I'm quite happy to spend the £65 on the ticket and the 60-odd quid on the hotel, you know, maybe more if you stay in one of the, be- the better ones. So this time I'd have probably booked, looked to book in the same one everyone else does. When I went the first time, I didn't really know anyone, so I just booked it in a, the, a cheaper travel lodge. Um, so you're looking at maybe eighty quid for a hotel, maybe more in that time of year. So then that, and then you got your hundred. hundred. There you go. So that's a hundred and sixty-five, yeah. plus at least a hundred pounds of drinking money, probably over the a couple of, over a night or two yeah. nights, um, maybe more. It depends. But I don't mind. That's yeah. all fine. But for me, for, that has to be part of this. Big event, probably the biggest event I go to in a year. Um, and if I, yeah, yeah. and as much as Warhammer Worlds, still I just don't know. So I, it was my reason for not going. It wasn't a, it wasn't a. Oh my god, it's only forty people. are not going. It was a. There's a reason for me not to go this year because mm-hmm. it's not fully a Throne of skulls. and um, it's difficult for me anyway at the moment with with I've got some things going on with uh, wider family, um, and it just kind of. I Don't know what's going to be happening, so I thought it's going to be a lot of stress that time of year. It's not Throne of Skulls, that's given me, it's taken away my, my kind of, uh, I'm not going to be gutted about not being there. I'm sure when it's happening, I'll be, I'll think. oh, I wish I was there, it'd be really, really cool. But I don't feel like I'm missing out on Throne of Skulls, if that makes sense. So it was a it was a logical reason to step away. I really hope that um, things go back to normal next year and Throne of Skulls come back and they don't just kind of change the format and it moves, moves to something different. Um, I hope that that wasn't the last sort of Throne of Skulls that, that we've had. Um, if that it is,
2: I'll be devastated. I will be I'm really so upset because they were,
1: they, were, they were brilliant and so many people are. I can't imagine it will be because the community seems to love it. The, it's how it is, I suppose. We've got to think of this in terms of a wider GW across all game systems, haven't we? Um, and are all the other game systems, are if they're as excited about Throne of Skulls as the Middle Earth community are, then I think it would be crazy to get rid of it. But, well,
2: was, the independent but, community can always step up and fill the gap.
1: Well, they, and they, and that's if the we've thing. We've got we've got Steve. Exactly. Well, well, you I, I think have essentially the other day and, and swapping swapping throne to to scouring, scouring yeah. would be an easy swap for him. He, now he's got put a new. Just he's a new date, isn't he? Yeah, March.
2: Yes, March. he's got the March date. So um, like, which I will definitely be going to. So is
1: he doing it twice a year now, or is he doing it? Is
2: he... It would appear so. I don't know whether that'll be. Something that carries on, or whether this is a, a holdover from obviously missing some during um, lockdown. he's, morning, he's so still right?
1: running it this year, though, isn't he? Still. Yes, I so. think it's
2: basically so more people in the community can uh, can uh, go.
1: Interesting, home. be interesting. So that was what I. If it was thrown it was going to. It looks like it was going to disappear. Things we'll never know, will we? Because they. Right. I'm not saying they should announce stuff, but there's not like they're going to turn around and go. Um, there will be no more Throne Girls. it will just it will just we'll wait till we'll get to September next year and then it will be if they release tickets for no we'll have an idea I suppose because if the GT doesn't happen and the doubles don't happen for for Middle Earth and COVID's Mm. behaving itself come spring and those things don't happen and then we would probably know that that Throne's are not likely to and I'd maybe look to go to to go to scouring which would be be the only problem with scouring as well when is it is it isn't it is it even like a week later? Is it not in December?
2: It's around that time. Because um, the closer I, I'll you I'll get to perfect. Christmas,
1: the harder it gets. But if he's gonna do a March one, um, there's a possibility. So we will see. March I'm gonna look into next year, definitely. I'll there's, definitely be there for a, March. There's, there's a few um, there's a few things. I've got my my youngest's birthday's in March and then Emma's got a work conference in Florida in the first week in April and we're all supposed to be going the whole family. So her boss is taking us all we think we fly out three days after her so the conference ends and then we get a 10 days free holiday in florida essentially but again we don't know with covid whether that's all going to be possible still so that could all fall apart and if that is happening great but we might also be being good with money and mean not going away for boozy weekends or two weeks before go to a big expensive holiday in Florida as well. So there are other considerations, but but normally, you know, middle of March or something wouldn't, wouldn't be a horrendous time for me to be going to things like that. So, uh, so I'll be on the lookout for something like that to replace my, uh, my big throne of skulls trip, if it looks like it's going to disappear, but I'm going to hope, I'm going to hope we can see a return next year anyway.
2: Yeah. I would have liked to have done this year. I just did the maths like you did and worked out. I just, it's, it's been announced too late. It, it's just too expensive now I've planned too much I've got too much pencil this month is I'm hemorrhaging cash this month between <laughs> um obviously us traveling to Derby and yeah I've got a wedding I've got um the Battlestreams meet up at the end of the month mm. which I'm, just, I'm there's going to be so much expenditure on that weekend it's going to be unbelievable because I'll buy stuff in Warhammer world and I'll be drinking and yeah hoping yep. the hotel is not cheap and all that kind of stuff so yeah, it didn't run to me paying however much it was for... Well, it's the same, same price
1: as normal, isn't it? And as I said, I'm not, I'm not begrudging the price. It is what it is. Some people say it's too much and some people say it's not. I think...
2: Nah, I think 65 I think, quid's I a bit of a bargain, to be honest with you. But um, it's still... If, I it's, think it's the food was the really expense.
1: good. I think the food's pretty good there. It's, you know, it's not it's not when you get fed at the, the restaurant, the staff restaurant, and I was really impressed by the food. It's kind of... You change. How many hours you gastro pub quality stuff and um and you get a lot of you get looked after. I think it's fine. Don't yeah. Yeah.
2: But, but think about it. How much how much is um how many hours do you reckon that is? I mean you work you start play at what? Ten? 10? 10, yeah, you you sort of, and you get all your evening entertainment then you've got exactly, you Sunday. Exactly. You I pay twenty five quid to go and watch sem- an hour and forty five minutes worth of movie on Sunday <laughs> oh, God, for two people. <laughs> that's crazy. It's it's It's, 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 I think it's cheap in terms of of, uh, something to go to. Unfortunately, the surrounding expense is quite high. And if you've just not got the money, like I don't really at the moment, yeah, yeah, you got it or you don't, but it doesn't affect the value of it.
1: I'm fine with it to be honest with you. I, yeah, I wish wish they kind of announced the big events at the beginning of the year. I wish in January they put out their calendar, not that they didn't put the tickets on sale, but I wish they put out the calendar for the things so you could really plan it in and and budget for it because that's the worst. And the people who work weekends. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. spent, spent years working weekends and now I don't, but my wife still works most Saturdays. And, um, and it's yeah, it's difficult when you've got kids to, to plan it in. And I can kind of do one or two of those a year, but, um, I mean, I've been spread betting, been in the it basically been in the year in the calendar. I put the last weekend blackout the last weekend in November and the first week in December. And it's, um, I keep going, asked, does that need to be blacked out? You know, it's a busy time of year for my wife's work, definitely busy, but anyway, we we we're talking ages about this, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see events back and that they're catering for multiple systems as well. Um, uh, and I'm also, you know, it's nice to see them still being fairly sensible about it and they're not done an open day where you've got all the people you know, crushed up queuing next to each other and stuff at the moment. Um, I think that's um, sensible. That's not knocking, you know, big conventions and things. I mean, Salute's going ahead in, in November and if I could... If I could get that weekend free, I would be going. Um, but I can see what GW's doing as a as a company who would come under fire um, should there be a mass outbreak or something. <laughs> so I think it's very sensible what they're doing, and I, I commend them for it. So all good. Um, is that all the releases covered? I think it is, isn't it? All the releases and news. Is there any other news? I honestly... I've been.
2: Can't think of anything else. Um, there's bits and pieces for other game systems, etc. But I think that's all I can really think of at this stage. I'm sure someone will correct us. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I, I've uh,
1: been out of the loop a little. I'll cover talk about it a little bit when we talk about what we up to. But I've been being a little bit more out of loop than than, than usual um, in the last sort of th- three, four weeks or so. But um, let's let's talk about. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about SBG magazine next, don't we? um yes and do so, a bit uh, of a, a bit of a mention or review and when you you did a video review for our channel
2: i did um, seemingly a lifetime ago <laughs> yes it was
1: a while ago and i did a review for my channel but i did one that was more of a kind of an introduction to what spg magazine because my my channel is obviously a general channel and there's a lot of historical gamers and things on there as well so i did a bit of a if you haven't seen SPG magazine, this is what it is, and sort of showed a few issues off rather than actually reviewed the individual issues, so to speak, and then you did a sort of a, a page flick through like you did for the previous one. Um, so we thought we'd just have a little little flick through and mention it really, I suppose, because um, we can't, it's very hard to do a, no, excuse me, but anyway, doing an audio review of a, of a magazine, um, and I know a lot of people listening to this will have watched your video anyway. Um, but what did you think of it?
2: Well, naturally, I was—I really enjoyed it. I mean, pretty much everything that was um, covered in the, uh, you know, the video I did. But I, I really enjoyed it, and um, as much as this absolutely galls Damien, it really does seem to gall him. My <laughs> favourite article was by his wife. It was really good to sort of see the opinion and, and sort of understand the hobby from someone who. Is somewhat on the periphery, on the fringe. I mean, obviously, there's no way she can live in a house with Damien and not um, sort of absorbed by, almost by osmosis uh, some sort of stuff about the hobby. But to hear it from her in her own words, I thought was fantastic. And you don't often hear about the hobby in a knowledgeable way from someone who's outside of it. You hear it from a lot of put upon girlfriends and wives and or partners in general, and a lot of in badly written impressions by. Um, article writers for sort of IGN and places like that, but you don't generally hear it the same way. And I, I found that article very fascinating. Plus there's some, obviously the usual um, phenomenal uh, f- photography in there, which I was massively impressed with, particularly the Bree stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, gorgeous. those in the uh, Battle Streams, um Patreon group actually got to see a little bit behind the scenes on that. And that, that was really interesting as well. Unfortunately, you won't be able to see that in the magazine. You won't be see the behind the scenes, but the work they put into that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing, and it looks fantastic. Uh,
1: it's it's a stunning. I'm a really big fan of the kind of the the road to Rivendell um, article. Um the, because, the fireside
2: chat bit. They did. I, I love that sort of around the fire.
1: Yeah, and just a, because a lot of the article is is doing what we did, which is using mm. Zoom or we use Discord, but you know, using video chat to play some of the. Scenarios from Quest of the Ringbearer, and in, it, in it, that book. Um, I don't know; it's hard to know now. But I wonder, in a, f- a few years' time, when we look back and talk about the the pandemic and uh, whether that book will be kind of linked to it in some ways. Uh, you didn't need a pandemic for that book to, to to be good, and people would have got together and played those scenarios anyway. But so many of those scenarios for us just worked as a way of keeping positive and keeping the gaming going, mainly because we didn't need to pay, sort of collect and paint massive match play armies and, 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 and be in a meta that was non-existent at the time. And, yeah, um, it's, it's serendipity almost. Really. Yeah, it just sort of, it just, if it was a book that – if it was any of the other books they did – Maybe the scouring of, of uh, would have been slightly different. But if there's any of the other books that were kind of the chunkier ones that had a lot of match play stuff in a lot of legendary legions, it would have been a lot harder for us to kind of turn it into content. Um, yeah, so certainly. it worked for us and it's worked for for, for Damien and Tom for S P G and it's also worked in terms of Damien for the for, for Battle Streams as well. Um and yeah, so I I really like that just because it was yeah, reading and talk about a similar journey to, to to what we went on with the with the podcast and we put quite a few shows out that were very much focused around that book and it was yeah, I think I look back on it and I really enjoyed that and it really kind of kept me sane and there was painting involved, but it was small small amounts of painting, apart from the more army. Um, small amounts of painting and yeah, it's good. So really yeah, fantastic magazine. I still have a couple of articles I haven't read in it yet as well. So um like, I'm not a cover to cover magazine reader. I'm a pick up and pick an article kind of reader. So, I haven't read it in order. So, I have still haven't read Michael Haskell's article, actually. So, I just, when I was flicking through there, and I was thinking I need to still need to read that one. But, um,
2: yeah. Yes, it's all good stuff, though. And uh, if you want to get a copy of uh, issue 11, uh, just to pimp them a little bit, uh, you can email uh, Damien and Tom at sbgmagazine at gmail.com and ask about getting your copy
1: absolutely well, the links in the show notes and and so is the the link to the website so the um spgmagazine.wixsite.com as a link for that as well and you can go and buy your magazines there and i think you can access the free pdf ones there as well i think from the yeah there's issues. the three first three issues are yeah. for free on the might be, be five now, now. It might be five anyway yeah, um, but yeah you can um, you can the, the links in the show notes anyway. So, if you're listening to this, click on the show notes if you haven't already got that. But uh, well worth a read, and, and yeah, go and check our um, our reviews out. So obviously, if you're completely new to SPG Magazine, um, then the one I've got on my miniature Elms channel, it's called What Is SPG Magazine. That kind of gives you a, a kind of an overview. And then Dan has done sort of page turner reviews for the last two yes, issues 10, now on, uh, on our own out of the frying pan YouTube channel. So there's there's plenty of content out there. To, to, to look, look at those, and I am think other YouTubers and things have done reviews as well, haven't they? So um, lots out there. I believe there. so, yes. Lots out there.
2: Yeah, lots lots going on.
1: So, what have you been up to? It's been six weeks. Um, Normally you'd have painted about four armies and things, but you've been doing some slightly different stuff this time,
0: haven't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been... Uh I think for both of us, life's been a bit interesting recently. We've both had sort of different bits and pieces going on. Work's been quite busy for me and it's made me quite tired. We've just started going back to the office and all that kind of stuff. And particularly on those days, because I'm trying to walk, because, you know, as most people do, I'm upon a bit of COVID weight. So I'm trying to sweat that off. Um, <laughs> <a> bit, um, <laughs> you know, do my march to work and back. So, um, which, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I live close enough that I can walk to work, but far enough that it actually is what, you know, has a benefit. So, yeah, um, but I've still been doing some hobby. I did uh, have a week off uh, in which I have um, fully sort of made and painted a four-by-four um, table uh, for home, which is my first ever gaming table, which I'm pretty chuffed on. Um, it's largely modular, but the, the first sort of iteration of it is themed around uh, Amon Hen. Right. So I painted by Amon Hen and cluster, sort of clusters of trees. Uh, I've also done a Rohan house as well. one for the Bingo Square 2 because it means I can swap Amon on out for it and do sort of a Westfold sort of style board or you know mix it up a little bit and I'll add some key sort of focal bits of terrain as time goes on so I'll do some Middle Earth ruins and I'm thinking about doing something involving the trolls in yep. stone and things like that. that. Makes sense. Why don't you Still think? bits you can pick up. I can recommend
1: a um a cheap doormat cut up into some fields because that's a way of really transforming that table and um, you move, remove your and hand put your put your westfold building on and um cut take a couple of your, your sort of sets of trees off i have a couple of fields on there, a couple of hedges and that really kind of changes yeah that as well
2: um, hedges are going to be something i'm going to do as well as some fences and things um because you can buy Pretty good scale, sort of, you know, um, wicker fencing and that yeah, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. you know, peasant kind of style.
1: Re- Renedra. Go and check. Yes. This. They've got a brilliant range of kind of um, early medieval, late sort of dark age stuff. Um, and they do lots of kind of like wicker fencing and things like that. Really, so cheap, renedered stuff as well. Just ridiculously cheap. Um, good hard plastic as well. Um, well
2: I'll uh, definitely pick some of that up. Have a look and at that.
1: They, they they have so much stuff. You'll you'll before you know it, you'll have spent fifty quid, but you'll also have got so 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 much stuff compared to i
2: spent 50 quid on tufts for this table <laughs> so i don't think spending on actual terrain really bothered me too much and the worst so, thing is i don't even use all the tufts
1: you should have probably just gone for is it, i use tufts all the time because i'm not a huge fan of flock but uh or static grass but i for for that amount of sort of cost i would have probably gone with a static grass and buying a an static grass applicator maybe so you can yeah stand up. But the- so once you bought it you've bought it haven't you I don't have one myself because <laughs> but for the way you were using it I would have the tufts are easy yeah, but yeah. god 50 quid
2: <laughs> probably but they, they match exactly the tufts I've got on the miniatures so I wasn't yeah the no good.
1: that's true that's true I totally totally understand
2: but um yeah I mean the, that was something I did because uh, I had the week off but I did spend some time doing other things went to the zoo showed out the penguins I enjoyed that
1: I noticed your pictures of pictures on your Facebook of you with penguins are you a big penguin fan
2: are you I love penguins I think they're brilliant because they're just hilarious when they're on land, but they're really graceful in water. I think they're brilliant. I, um, yeah,
1: I like, I, I, I like penguins. I think I like to see things. Peng- I think I might prefer chocolate penguin, but I do. do oh, like penguin
2: the- biscuit's fine, but you're also getting in a lot of trouble trying to put a full live penguin into a cup of tea. So,
1: you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I th- for a number of reasons.
2: Almost as much as putting toast in it, Steve. You animal. I, to be honest with you, I think I think putting toast
1: in tea is is a uh, is i <laughs> yeah. no, say it's bad but i think uh i think it's a bit more acceptable than trying to put a live penguin in a cup of tea i think uh, one's going to make the news when it, when it wouldn't be steve um
2: well you know there's no justice <laughs> in the world is there but <laughs> yeah so um yeah well, that was really good um i quite enjoyed that as a day out um you know, going to London, because it's the first time I've really done a proper day out since all of the craziness. Uh,
1: See, so I do loads of stuff like that, but that's because cause of kids. So so you kind of, there's always well, this stuff all through the summer, the every, every weekend or nearly every other weekend, we, were, you know, go, you know, we went on about three different holidays and so many different sort of day trips and things with Monkey World down near Weymouth and Bovington Tank Museum. And we went to Stratford-upon-Avon last weekend and went to a... A butterfly uh, farm, which is uh, I won't I won't share with the listeners what my two year old was doing to the butterflies. He didn't hurt any butterflies, by the way. He didn't didn't grab them. There's something. It's their was, feelings. Something something he was doing <laughs> to the butterflies that was embarrassing. Um, and then uh, yeah, it's so yeah. That's that's a, that's a that's a a fortnightly thing for me is family days out. So yeah. and they are brilliant. In Central They're London though,
2: that's the thing that sort of obviously we went to London Zoo. Yeah, yeah. We so were down there on the went down on the train because not be. No, I'm not driving through central London to try and park no, it. No, no, and no, we, do uh, no, no way. Um, and then we walked around the lot we there there to avoid taxis and the tube in general. Tried to keep it as safe as possible. I mean, the zoo's open there as well. That's quite helpful and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, as much as we're both double vaccinated and, you know, there's probably people rolling their eyes at this kind of thing at the moment. But um, well, you, you I don't want to pro- pro- get
1: it. You're probably safe. Exactly. You're probably safe enough. But I'm asking you, you still, yeah. If you can take precautions to stop yourself getting a, a nasty virus that can, you know, still put you put you put you up in bed for for a, a week or two, um, then then absolutely. Yeah.
2: I, I don't view um, being careless as a badge of pride. To be honest with you, I've got too many things to get on in life without vomiting me guts up or not being able to speak or something else like that. It's, there's nothing big and hard in it. So if I can, I'll avoid it. So, but yeah, uh, getting back to it, we had a we had a real nice time. Uh, did that kind of thing. So um, I spent a couple of days of that week um, building my gaming table. So that's all sorted. And as we're going to take that to CrackCon, which we'll cover in a short while. Yeah. Uh, because things have changed a little bit for, for, for you know things going on. Um, bit, yeah. <laughs> I've built my first uh, display board ever as well. Yes. the first very, one of
1: two. And I just saw a picture about an hour ago. So very cool. It's looking.
2: Getting there. Uh, the first time I've really, really tried to do this um for the the Battle Streams meetup. I'm really excited about it. Obviously it's top secrets at the moment. So, um but uh and then I've got to do one for my for my other army as well for taking. So that's in what maybe three weeks Had this weekend. So I've got three weeks to do the other one. Yeah. It's gonna be a little bit tighter. You'll be alright. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Um I also ordered some Easterlings, I just ordered the box of Easterlings, I use my voucher for that, because I'm going to do a battle company out of them, uh, tick my uh, bingo box,
0: mm-hmm. oh.
2: and then I'll only have two more remaining after we've been to, because I've got, um, I've finished my display board, so that'll be done, uh, then I've got uh, to do my battle company, I've got to convert a miniature, uh, play something I've not played before, and uh, play my favourite scenario, and we'll cover my favourite scenario at CrackCon.
1: Yeah, you're you're gonna nail yours. I'm getting increasingly concerned by by my mind. Some of the things I thought were going to be easy, um, might not happen either. We'll talk about that. In a That's how bit. they get
2: you, isn't <laughs> <laughs> it? How they get you. Well, uh, so,
1: yeah, yeah. It's been a bit, been a bit. But hey, you've done you've you've done some different stuff, which is really cool. And your table does look cool, and it's nice that you've got that kind of setup at home now, where you've got. You Come on, painted
2: razor last time we spoke. I think I already had. So I think that was the last model I actually finished. Really.
1: Uh, yeah, you've had a little break from the models, but you've done so many, and, and then switching it out and, and painting terrain is, is a good well, thing as I was,
2: well. Yeah, I was a little bit all fingers and thumbs with the terrain, it's something I've not really done before, so it was a bit slow, and I took my time, and but probably there's people out there who do a lot better, of course there is... Um, but uh, I'm proud of what I've achieved. I'm sure I can do better next time. But that's the thing you learn, don't you? I mean, Yeah, absolutely. It looks great. Have... It,
1: looks, it looks fantastic. I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it at all. Well. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, there's already
2: things I've spotted that just... I'd change, which is great because it means I'm learning. Um, but no one paints like Rembrandt the first time, do they? So, <laughs> Not at all. you know, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. And it means I've also got a gaming space now of my very own, which is that's really nice. That's the most and,
1: important thing because we would have, you know, we we taken it to crack on as we'll talk about in, in the section after the break. But um, I've got a, a, an Ammon Hen. Table set up anyway for Flotsam and Jetsam. In fact, we probably have two at Flotsam and Jetsam now. If you if you end up bringing yours, so um I, uh, but you know, you wanted to, you were going to do that anyway, and it makes sense that you you know you bring your nice new shiny one. So, um but I I like doing terrain anyway. For me, it's a nice little break because it's something I can be less precise about, and I can have to concentrate a bit. So some occasionally I want to do hobby, but I can't. Don't fancy picking up a miniature. And if I can do some terrain, that's often my my go to then because it's just that little bit easier. Stick some musical and uh, find it a little, little bit relaxing. Often after I've been working all day painting other people's models, sometimes I don't fancy painting a miniature, and again terrain kicks in then, and uh, it's just another part of that a part of projects, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have, to, I have to admit, I still prefer painting miniatures. if I'm completely honest, but um, it was it was good. It was a good change of pace. Mm-hmm. And I've been quite enjoying doing this. I mean, I've spent an inordinate amount of time on this display board.
1: Well, I'm not surprised. Looking at from what I've seen, we we can't really say much without giving it away, so I won't. But yeah, I'm not surprised.
2: (laughs) I've also injured myself quite quite gravely as well. I've still not quite returned uh, feeling in one of my fingertips yet.
1: That's not so good. uh, That's not so good. Yeah, oh.
2: but uh, all good fun. I know I've ordered our stickers for the um, yeah, uh, awesome. frying pan stickers. So anyone at CrackCon um, will potentially be able to uh, snag one.
1: If you've been, if they've been good, boys and girls, of course.
2: Yes, yes, of course. You know, but I'm not bringing lollies. You might, <laughs> you might have to get lollies. You've got kids. It'd be acceptable for you to go in and buy lollies. People <laughs> frown with me. So um, yeah. Uh, so there's been there's been things going on. It's it's been good, and um, I've still been engaging in a bit of hobby here and there, and. You know, I was, I was hoping to have my copy of Warhawk at the weekend to read that, but that's not happened. So, yeah, I, was, but, I
1: haven't asked you about that actually. So, uh, if it's been lost, if it has been lost by the postal service, um, do they have reserves for those kind of things, or is that it? You've I missed I
2: would hope so. I've emailed. The service team, I'm sure they'll do the best that they can and we'll see how it ends up. But worst won't. case scenario, I'll sell all my other specials and get a buttload of cash and yeah, read the new one as it comes out anyway and buy myself something to make myself feel better. They've all so, they
1: released, didn't they release that one all, all formats at the same time? Yes, mm. they did.
2: In fact, they, um, for some reason, released the pre order. At the same time, you could do the pre order, they released the audio book in Australia. Like to download at the time, so people listened to it a week before it was supposed to be out. Wow, something like that. Yeah, so that's at least what I heard. I don't, I don't know if that's factual, but uh, that I've heard from a few people who uh, yeah, don't know each other, so it makes it sound like it's potentially possible. Mm. But yes, it's a, it's a round and about. I could, I mean, to be fair, I, I could, got that audio book. I spent all my
1: credits on, uh, on, on. It's probably something else we should talk about on this. A certain Andy Circus version of um, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Well, actually,
2: as well, something is released on the on say the 14th next Thursday. The have you seen the Tolkien um, edition of Lord of the Rings with the Elvis script along the spine and his the illustrations in?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, oh, seen that.
2: That's released next Thursday, and I, that's the reason I'm working from home on next mm. Thursday, <laughs> so I'm in for it. That's, uh, so um, that's coming out as well, and yes, we do have the Anti Circus audio book, which I've not got yet. Uh, but I've, I've heard I, I all the things. I went and got
1: things. them all straight away. I've been listening. I'm where am I up to now? I'm Tom Bombadil. Um, I had to. I, I listened to the first sort of ten, fifteen minutes of it on release day, just to kind of get an idea. Um, and then I went back to the. the I was. In, I was mid book, mid audio book, another story on to do with Wars of the Roses and the final book as well. It was really exciting. So I thought, no, I'm going to finish this. Um, and I finished that, and I um, was listening to it today. Actually, I've been working through it, and it's very, very good. As you can imagine, if you listen to Andy Serkis doing the Hobbit, then yeah, you, you kind of get an idea already of what to expect. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's great. It's uh, uh, I mean, I was, maybe I was thought of you today, Dan, when it was Tom Bobadil and the singing. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, uh, is, has he made that tolerable? Um, I don't. Well, I
1: I can put up with it anyway. It's not my most favourite part of the books, but um, I can kind of. I don't think you're going to like it.
2: No, I can't imagine. Never, like it. I've never liked the the the, the poems in the scene, <laughs> I not Even know when, I, before it was a thing, I had this image of,
1: of going to. I was just as you as you do. i was listening to it, and my mind was wandering. And I can just imagine your face looking kind of stony and, and not being very amused by it all. I just thought that, it, that not that you would do it anyway, but like a fancy dress at, at Throne of Skulls. Your worst idea of fancy dress at Throne of Skulls would be. You dressed as Tom Bombadil with like a like an audio Tom's loop playing <laughs> Tom Bombadil. Probably way too tall for that. I'm you are enough, a little bit but tall, but that playing in the background with you is just like I'm going to punch anyone. Kind of face on. Um, I just I don't know why I just thought of you being grumpy when I, when, when whenever I hear Tom Bombadil. <laughs>
2: Just imagine you being grumpy about it, but um, I, I can't help it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I just can't get on with it. It's, it's, it's an incredibly interesting part of the story in terms of you know who he is and what he represents and his relationship with the rest of Middle Earth. But unfortunately, in regards to singing, I'll pass. Yeah, it's different. It's definitely different.
1: But um, no, it's it's. I'm mean, really enjoying it so far, and that's, that'll be the third version of the book now. Especially I've got the unofficial ones. I did.
2: Uh, yes, I've still got those. I still enjoy those. To be fair.
1: I think I will still return sometimes to the Rob Ingles one. So I think I might rotate. And I tend to listen once a year anyway to all three. Um I might uh, rotate
2: them. I don't mind them, but I have some to run all it's, it's field, got some nostalgic
1: charm ones. for me. Um so I still and I and I probably will still listen to the Field Dragon ones because of these it's kind of you know doing impersonations of the the characters from the uh, film um, which and gives the music. you a, yeah, so it gives you an, a yet There's three different experiences there. And I'm glad yeah. I've got them all, and I will definitely be in the mood for doing it. And to be fair, if you listen to it once a year like I do, rotating them is, an, is another way of keeping it really fresh as well. So um, I, I didn't think, oh, I will never listen to the Rob Inglis one again now. I thought, oh, this is really good. I probably prefer it, but I can still see me going back to the Rob Inglis one just for this kind of nostalgic feel of, because, you know, first time I listened to it was a good number of years ago. So well, well recommended if anyone hasn't picked it up
2: yet. Yes. That's, that's awesome yeah I'm definitely going to get it it's just this month is punishingly expensive so I have some
1: month credits month, anyway be... I, uh, so I just went for it
2: um, ah, see I don't have Audible so it'll be buying like an actual uh, it's, it's, it's
1: it, you can when you have Audible as well Danny, they offer you extra credits all the time when you don't have one Yeah. so three for 18 quid Um, and then when you have Audible even if you don't have credits now some books you can buy at the credit price which is Seven ninety nine or eight
2: ninety nine. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. See, uh, I think the problem I've got mainly is I don't really listen to that many audiobooks. I've got so many podcasts I follow, I just one or the other.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I need both sometimes listening to podcasts is just you know sometimes I need to kind of drift off and relax it might be that sometimes I listen to podcasts all day when I'm working which includes like new news and politics ones and things but and then it might be that I finish work for the day and I'm into my own painting and I'll stick on an audiobook so it just depends on what mood I'm in but even if you only listen to one book uh, because I because I can listen while I work um, I find it very easy to get through a book a month and as long as you can get through a book a month and listen to podcasts, you're getting the value You're yeah, the because it's so much cheaper than buying it outright. Yeah. If you like, if you're struggling to get through a book a month, then it's probably not right for you. But if you, I, I find I want to buy more credits than I do, um, wait for my credit to come around. So it's, it's clearly, clearly not a bad thing. So.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I can't, I just can't get through all the books a month. I'm I, oh, sorry. All the podcasts of Jay Rayner started up again. And, um, Adam Buxton's well on it. and Yeah, yeah Adam Buxton's one back.
1: Yeah, I've been listening to, I think I'm all up to date actually with his, because um, he had a couple of shorter ones, didn't he? Anyway, we, we really are going off on a, on a crazy, <laughs> tangent crazy train tangent about nothing do. to do with middle so earth. So
2: tell the people what you've been up to, Stu. Nothing, nothing,
1: nothing, nothing. <laughs> I have not painted a single miniature of my own for f- nearly four weeks now. Um, I've done some bits of hobby, but not not a lot. So I won't go to loads of dealers. Nothing super serious going on. My mum's not been um, not been very well. She was in hospital. In fact, she's still in hospital. Nothing nothing life-threatening or anything like that. But it um, just causes a bit. She's not local to me either. So she's, so she's a good four hours drive away. So it is causing some headaches and things. She managed to catch COVID in hospital as well. Luckily, she is okay. Um, but um, yeah. So that's been quite you know played on, uh, on my mind as well as being a bit of a time sink and things and family comes before toy soldiers definitely um, and then I hurt my back as well. Just before that happened, quite badly. It was, I think, I mentioned it on the podcast before. I have intermittent back problems, and it's been really bad this last six months. Um, I've actually got a doctor's appointment next week about it again. So hopefully things will get better. But I couldn't work for a week. and I just definitely couldn't sit at a desk. I was, I was, always useless for a week, um, and it's, it's got back to not too useless now. I can do stuff, but it still hurts. So um, yeah, so it's just been a really kind of a pain in the butt. Um, for the last four or five weeks or so definitely the last four weeks have been quite difficult so I've just not done all the painting I've done has been work um and and because I have to and I've not done any kind of other hobby I've edited videos so I'm still putting videos out on my other on my ch- on my personal channel on middle earth stuff they are all things I had had pre-recorded so all I've done is edit I think three videos maybe four videos and put them out the last one out, went out today but nothing middle earth related and um it's just things I had sitting in the can, so uh, I found it easy enough to do just to sort of sit and uh, edit them. Just, I'm kind of, especially there were, a couple of them were painting tutorials, and I've got that down to a sort of a, a method now. So it's just clicking the mouse a lot really, and taking the time to do it. So that's the only hobby I've done. I have um, played around with the gaming table in my room, so so I have one of those fold-out tables by Game Mat, um, and we were getting rid of a couple of Calax units. Um, so we've got some black Kallax units. One was a, like an eight square one. Um, and one was, a, I had two four square ones. So I've basically done what a lot of people do and, and turn that into a gaming table. Um, so I've got the extra storage space underneath. At the moment, I've got my Game Mac table with its legs folded in on top. Um, but um, at some point in the next few weeks, I'll be picking up some MDF, um, MDF surface for it. But it's quite handy, actually, because I've got, the Kallax units I've got, one of the sets has got, like, drawers and, and covers and things, so I've got space to put my camera equipment and buy my lighting equipment and things now for the YouTube channel, so it's all neatly tidied away rather than underneath my desk. So that's been the, the my hobby, I suppose, in that sense. And I did pick up... Um, this isn't Middle Earth, but it is Wargame, and I did pick up um, Warhammer Imperium magazine for Jacob and just to see if it was a way of... Um, getting him into gaming because he's interested he's been painting miniatures now for a couple of years but um it's I find it quite hard to strip rules down into a into a, a sort of a basic form for him I can do it but I almost still want to teach him too much too quickly so I thought let's let's pick up a part work and see how it, how it goes I want to get him playing Middle Earth but he likes, likes Lord of the Rings but new plastic space marines they tend to draw young kids eyes so I picked up a couple of um, picked up the first three editions first three issues of it and they're really good I can really recommend it if you are looking at getting a younger child into it at least those first few issues because they kind of just teach you that there's like a basic scenario in each in each issue and there's like a reduced stat card. There's no special rules, and it's kind of he just picked it up in no time at all. What he needed to roll and what he needed to do. Then the next issue adds another, another stat line and another mission, and the next one does the same thing again, and so on and so on. Um, the only issue issue I keep using the word issue a lot. The only problem I have with it um, for for Jacob is that it's weekly and it's after week from week three onwards it's eight ninety nine, and that's a lot of pocket money for a six nearly seven year old. Um And so it won't. We won't be something that we're buying all eighty issues. Um But as a, as an early thing, I'll probably end up picking up the first sort of six or seven for him, and give them to him a little bit slower because well, he doesn't need one every week either. Um And it will just give him a nice little real basic version of eight forty k. Um, I wouldn't be playing forty k if it wasn't doing it. But it's just nice. It just introduced. I think issue three introduced um, an assault phase. Um, and then by issue four, you get like a, a second squad or something, so you end up with just sort of even armies of marines against necrons. It's cool. Um, really enjoyed playing a couple of games with him. I did a video on it for, for my, my channel. That's the fact. So I did record some video. Um, no painted miniatures or anything in it, but it was just Jacob and I at the, at the gaming table and uh, playing through with him. And it was just really nice spending some time with him, him excited about playing the game rather than just painting miniatures and rolling dice and knowing what he needs to roll. To uh, to to hit and to wound and and to save, he picked it up really quickly. Um, I would love to see a Middle Earth version of it. To be honest with you, I know we have one. I know Battle Games Middle Earth works, but with, uh, with the current edition of the rules, so I might sit down and uh, look at Battle Companies again, see if I can excite him to to do the similar kind of use the the the, the model that the Warhammer Imperium has and try and break it down in that way and just to really strip it back. Um, I think looking at the way he played it I think he's had around it so I did not I suppose I played a game <laughs> I played the first Wee. first game in person with someone with miniatures for a, for a long time um, but it did only involve um, like four miniatures <laughs> each time um, but it was a bit of fun it's fair enough though but actually like,
2: to be fair I played two games of 40k with, with Nick during the time but uh, I used my grey knights <laughs> Nice.
1: <laughs> no, no. Uh, I was impressed by it anyway it's um it's I'm really impressed by it. whether it's value for money or not I don't know I, th- I think it's okay for me as I said if it's fortnightly we might have even subscribed but, wi- but weekly it's just it feels like the early editions are perfect for a younger child so for maybe probably not his age but maybe because a lot of the stuff that's written and he wouldn't read the text by himself because there's the law and things so it feels like it's perfect for maybe a 10 year old. Um, but again, even ten-year-olds, and the parents are going to be giving their kids, um, that much money, yeah. That's a lot of money a month to keep up with it. Um, so I'm not so saying it's, <laughs> I'm not saying the cost of the individual magazine is too high. I just think. But then, if you if you have it fortnightly, then it's going to take three years to complete the run of it. So there's, it's a part work. They know they know what they're doing in terms of making money, but in terms of turning it into an introduction for, to get the child into 40k. Then the first maybe ten issues will be a brilliant way of doing it. And if they're a bit more spaced out, then uh, you, could, uh, you could you could you could be a good way of doing it. But anyway, they they've got cheap star sets, and I think it's probably better value just to pick up one of the one of the cheap star sets. But I just like the way it introduced the rules for a, a younger child. It did it did the job for me without me having to go and pick up ninth ed, read the rules, and then work out how to dumb it down. If that makes sense. Because I'm not, I'm not a 40k player, not touched, had anything to do with Ninth Head, um, and it was 40k he was interested in. I just didn't. I talked Bochum about kill team, didn't I? I so like, well, maybe I pick yes. up kill team. And at the time, they hadn't even they hadn't even teased the, the kind of the gen the normal release. It was only the really big expensive box. And Jacob liked the look of the box, so I'm thinking, um, it's a big investment. Um, and this turned out to be the right decision is not to get that and to pick up. Imperium, and it I didn't. I didn't need to know the rules for, for Ninth Ed because it introduces you bit by bit. Literally, how do these two models interact with each other in shooting, with a with an objective to turn over, and the next one, as I said, it sort of teaches you introduces a different stat line, and then the next one introduces you a, a squad and an assault phase and stuff. So it's just, it's good, it's good, it's good for that. So I'm hoping they continue like that. I'll pick up four, five, six, something like that, and we'll we'll see how it goes. And that might be enough for Jacob for for a year or so. Anyway, I haven't done anything, so that's it. So there's no more, no more smog. I've um, I've not done anything to do with uh, my Ents, which we were taking to. We've probably ought to mention this now because otherwise it all was we'll all turn our main topic into talking about this. So because we um because we're going to CrackCon and we were putting on a display game then and the plan was to do last March of the Ents, I was going to do my Ents um, and maybe even go to the display board um, and because of what's happened and what's gone on, we've not had any chance to do anything with it. So when they, they've been shelved again and because Throne of Skulls isn't happening as such, they may even now get shelved back to next year and that becomes the project again and I'll do some other stuff actually finish off some stuff, smaller projects that need finishing off like... Um, finish off my Iron Hills and do the new Dwarf characters and finish off my Azogs list and things, all the things I've had in my to-do pile for a while. We shall see. But, um, yeah, Um, so the elves, the Ents haven't even happened either. Such as life. Anyway, hopefully things will pick up and I'll get a bit more hobby and I really want to finish Smaug. Um, And once I get him done, then I can... uh, Start thinking about what my next project will actually be because I've got a lot on the go and I need to pick one and actually do it before Christmas. Should we take a break? We've uh, rabbited on. I think so. It's been an hour of nothingness. Um, so we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, turning the tables.
3: The hour grows late and Blandalf grey plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this, Blandalf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours.
1: Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com.
3: You have elected the way of paint!
1: And we're back, and we're here for the Council of Ailerond, and our topic today, turning the tables. There's a little little pun there, really, <laughs> I suppose, around... Uh, we had to, at short notice, rethink what we were doing for Crackcom. We were no longer doing the last March of the Ents, and we were kind of scratching our heads <laughs> and saying, well, what should we do instead? Should we just kind of take a generic table and bring some armies along? And uh, and, and, and quite handily, Dan was in the middle of building up his out on hand stuff um as i mentioned earlier on i had a set to do it anyway but dan had all the stuff painted and built and was enjoying it and it would all be fresh and new and it's dan's favorite um narrative scenario, scenario yeah. and part of the film so we kind of thought well yeah, why, why why not do it and it absolutely makes sense it's going to be instantly recognizable for for people. It's probably a better game to introduce people to the game with rather than using ants. It was more because I wanted an excuse to paint my ants, which I haven't got time for anyway. So so that's why we're doing it. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about anyway. We're not going to talk about the hen scenario. We'll, um, we'll, we'll feedback on that as a kind of a... We'll do a review of that maybe as our um, CrackCon review episode if it's... Um, whether that'll be the same time as any new book releases. If it comes out, who knows? It might have a massive bumper episode. We might split that into two shows. We will see. But we did think, well, let's have a discussion today instead. Let's have a discussion about building terrain because Dan's had his first sort of experience of, of building terrain, whereas I've yeah, been building terrain matured. since I was 11, 12. Um, so I, I have all the I had all the shocking white polystyrene stuff and cutting it with a hacksaw in my bedroom at, at 12 with bits going everywhere and using leftover paint and things so they never the right colours and making some god-awful stuff. Um, but I've been building terrain for years and I think I build quite nice terrain these days. Um, whether it's um, whether I'm just painting stuff that's already made kits or when I'm converting things. I recently made a toy train into something for bolt action. Um, I, uh, but I've been using a lot of mats and things as well don't tend to do boards so we just thought we've got different experience levels but we thought it'd be a nice a nice kind of discussion point and we'll start it off and I saw a post actually in uh, GBHL about this it might have been today I saw it about what's a good <laughs> amount of terrain for a tabletop but um yes <laughs> I posted in that <laughs> I, I didn't read the comments because it's, it's the kind of thread that you've I've seen many many times but um, um so what do, what, what do you, Dan? What do you look for in a good Middle Earth strategy battle game table setup? And is that the same for all your kind of games you play? Do you follow a sort of similar thing, or is it? Is it? Does it have its own separate appeal?
2: Well, for me, kind of my opinion has been largely led by I'm just grateful someone else has got a board so I can play. Up to this point, <laughs> I think there's a degree of beggars can't be choosers when you're playing. Someone else invited you for a game. And you're going and playing on their table. That would be very poor form to complain. Uh, to be fair, I'm very lucky because generally we play at Pete's. Uh, Pete is Uplander on Instagram. For those who might be interested to look, and he builds a lot of his own tables and's got mm. loads, loads of his own terrain. And it's always very nice. So we're very fortunate for that when we're playing sort of 40k or Heresy or whatever. And my gaming group's got loads of Necromunda scenery as well. But when it comes to Middle Earth, we're sort of playing on whatever we've got down at the club really, or kicking about just make do and mend almost. Um, So when it's come to my own table, the way I looked at it, I wanted it to be as modular as possible. I didn't want it to be tied to a specific um, layout or a specific theme, possibly something I can add to, to, you know, get the most bang for my buck, which is generally the way I've gone with it. But the way I look at it is, it has to be functional terrain, because ultimately, generally, you are playing a game still. So it's got to be giving you enough space to allow for one movement of models around the table, but also forming a sort of bit of a narrative. It needs to sort of work together yeah. to tell a story as a, as, a, as a two players, but that's obviously the way I look at it. The gaming concern about whether, you know, it's optimal for war gaming is it's not even really a consideration for me. It's more a case of can you get models around it without like, breaking things or having to contort into funny positions like a game of Twister just to move your models, that's more my concern. Whether or not it's fair or optimal for allowing line of sight or any of that, not even a consideration for me. I just don't care. I know that that actually forms quite a large part of that conversation about the whole how many pieces of terrain is right (laughs) thing. It's not a conversation I'm interested in. Someone just said, show us your tables. So I put my table in it. (laughs) That was the end of that. Um, I didn't read the rest of it. But uh, yeah, it's it's about being able to tell a story together. I think so. The optimal thing would be a really pretty table that allows room for movement to allow you move models around, tell a story together. Ideally, looking quite pretty, but yeah. as long as it's functional and as long as you're having fun. I mean, a good example actually is um, Steve. He's building his Samon Hen. It makes mine look abs- like I painted it with my feet. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. He's doing such a, a wonderful job on it, and he's building it for with a very specific sort of idea in mind. I have to be able to put mine away. Yeah. It has to be able to disappear. I don't have static space in order to leave it set up in the way that his board is. You can't take his apart. It is a, a single entity and it's beautiful. But it's just not practical for me. So for me it's a there's a functionality perspective into it as well. I mean if if you had all the time in the world and all the space in the world, I suppose you could make some, you know, massive rolling. You know dioramas. People, you know, sometimes have set up in their, you know, basements or their attics or their garages. They got these enormous, great, layout, almost like train layouts, but for miniatures. Yeah, features. yeah,
1: I'd love that. Definitely love that.
2: <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want that? But that's just not a practical option for quite a few people, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: yep. yeah, for me, is a degree of utility as well as trying to create something that would allow you to have a tell a story on the, the tabletop. That's 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 terrain for me, and that's what I've tried to do myself. How about yourself? And Actually, because it's kind of
1: linked, and we might cross over, at least I might in my answers, before I say what I like and, and look for in a, in a setup, what don't you like? Have you come across some things you don't like?
2: Um, I mean, Any of these discussions, you're going to end up probably raising the the spectre of the London, London GT, the 40k table, where everything's <laughs> identical and it's for and this is the closest i've ever come to swearing on the podcast um should we say shoddy or um <laughs> of excremental quality oh, um God. pieces of polystyrene on the table which frankly they should this is the first year they did and it we
1: should we should we should uh oh you're talking about this year's london g2 no what?
2: not this year's i'm on about the 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 the, the original of, one the it? 40k tournament oh, one, yeah where there was like five or six pieces of terribly put together bare, Bare blue polystyrene polystyrene
1: in in t shapes essentially wasn't it with the, they just yeah, yeah. It, it looked like that, you've that. opened a tv and dropped the bits onto a, a onto a that, mat um,
2: that that's not wargaming for me i've seen things, you know,
1: i've seen that well i've heard that commented and discussed on so many different kind of wargaming them um, whether it's be a youtube channel or podcast or audio podcast so many different things so historical ones that still gets brought up it's
2: become the byword for <laughs> phoning it in and basically, <laughs> it, it's it's I, I cannot possibly over, you know I, I can't overstate my contempt for that.
1: They they bit like a bit. I, I was following. I was, was Gino was going on at that point and um, yes, um, like, well, Tom
2: was there, wasn't he? He was doing yeah, his painting yeah, course yeah. with my Abs-
1: That's right. That's right. And I remember following it. I remember following their YouTube. Um, their YouTube. Their Facebook page and the updates of all the painting going on and there was clearly a lot of work going on and they clearly bitten off far more than they could chew and that's what they Didn't ended they up with in the last did. two weeks though yeah yeah absolutely I don't know that I don't know the people and don't know the reasons for it so I'm not going to speculate why well, but it just looked like they they clearly ran out of time to do what they needed to do whether they started hate- late or not I don't know but um,
2: I can imagine so <laughs> It would not take a genius to work out that's probably a failure in planning.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's <laughs> um, the first time we'll, we'll leave at it at that. <laughs> yeah, um, but is that the kind of that's the kind of thing you know like, you just don't like? I kind of really absolute
2: shoddy? horror, um, boring utilitarian. I, I hate the idea. I understand it if you're a competitive gamer where the idea of playing on identical tables in order to you know remove as many variables as possible, so you know it comes purely down to generalship. In a yeah. game with six-sided dice, yeah, okay, but um, I, I kind of I can almost empathise with people wanting that, but it doesn't make any exception for the quality. No, not I so mean, awful. even if you'd made half an attempt at creating that terrain to be identical, but at least it looks like something. Yeah yeah yep, yep. you know might as well have just put it on newspaper
1: if you have no abstracts you you sometimes see in War machine you'll see flat terrain see like mousepad pad flat terrain of things that wouldn't normally be flat and um if if your terrain type is isn't an abstract as such um if you're uh, it has, just has a fixed rule um for what it what it is and in terms of line of sight with, with war machine and I, it might have changed now it's done by volume almost so a volume of base size so it didn't matter which pose the model was in and i quite like that in terms of a competitive play because it meant you know you knew what was what was what and that kind of works it was, but it doesn't look great and if to be no. fair though flat mouse pad terrain on a mouse mat um, a board actually looked better than those bits of polystyrene um, from the top have down. Anyway, for
2: it, if they'd have painted it black and done it like um, you know, like wireframe, like um, Tron,
1: yeah. and it,
2: like it was a tactical simulation, I'd have actually respected that. Yeah, I'd have been like, you know what? Fair enough. That's kind of cool in yeah, its own indeed, way. I'd have gone, yeah, fair enough. If you're, you know, like tactical theology, almost. I get yeah. that. Yeah, but nah, that that is my idea of horror. And that works
1: even even for, for Middle Earth. That doesn't just works even, even even less, doesn't it? Cool. I just thought I'd ask you at the same time because it was so kind of linked, really. And just in case, when I answer the the, the question myself, that I kind of I guess I drift over into both sort of both questions, really. But um, what do I look for? I look for a lot of things you've said. So the aesthetic is more important than the playability to a certain extent. They're having built a lot of tables for. Flotsam and Jetsam, there was an element of I know people are coming to play even though it's a relaxed um, event, if people are still coming to, to play in a tournament as such um, and I don't want people to sort of turn around and say well look, this whole table's just completely unplayable, so there was an element of that I've gone into it, but there are still a, little, a few parts of terrain that I've built even for that event that are there more for the way they look than the way they would play in, you know, in in the game in the gameplay kind of thing? So it might frustrate the odd person if they deploy wrong or they roll the wrong side or something. So there is a there is a balance because you don't want people to have a bad game because the terrain is so unbalanced. But I do like stuff to look nice. So there's a for me there's a there's a there's a bit of a balance in there occasionally when you when you're doing things like when you're doing like a late town setup or you're doing a goblin town setup and you've got I mean if you say that. There's, there's a infinite drop underneath or impassable water or something like that and you're you're forcing people to run along sort of small, narrow areas um, and they make up the board, it can make the game very hard to play. So they, I like to kind of think in a way that it's still playable um, at the same time as looking cool. But yeah, definitely the cool comes first. Um and it's quite easy to do most things. It's not rocket science. Um, you just make sure that if you have hills on there, that they your models can stand on them enough. And if you've got areas that models can't stand off, then maybe just have it as something that's impossible. Just use a bit of common sense with it. Um, but theme, definitely, I really like. I Now, un, unlike Steve, where he um, does these beautiful boards, I'd love to do that, to be honest with you. And I do love making terrain. And I might be something I do in the future, something that's on my kind of to-do list. But I, I change what I do so often that um, I think I'd feel like I'd need too many boards <laughs> to keep myself happy. because so I really get in, onto a project and I do it whether it's um, Middle Earth or historical things. I, I I look at a project, look at a theme, and then I want to do something around a theme. So I might be painting an army, but I'm also building a table around it at the same time. And, and to have it with boards as much as I'd love it, the space needed to, to keep sort of thick and build them as well. I'm not brilliant with woodwork, so to build li- reliable, sturdy boards to to kind of build up these beautiful pieces on isn't really for me at this stage, um, but maybe in the future. So, But I'm quite happy with, with mats at the moment. I think um, we're in a good place in the world for variety in in gaming mats. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there. I've got all neoprene mats for all my Middle Earth stuff. I started to pick up some fleece cloth mats for... Some other games i have played which I may use for Middle Earth as well now. The idea is you put things underneath them. So you have your undulations and hills that way. Um and the ones I've got some from a company called Geek Villain. So if you near your keyboards now, go and go and search Geek Villain. They do fleece mats that are the same quality artwork that you'll have on your neoprene. Um but they're it's a it's a, a very small weave fleece that's um that goes flat very, very easily. Um Um, and you can use them just like you would do a neoprene mat, but they're a lot um, lighter and easier to store um, and easier to carry around. And like I said, you can just put them flat and put terrain on them, but you can also put um, things underneath, So whether that be like a polystyrene hill that goes underneath or like a rolled-up T-shirt or something like that. Now, I'm not planning, I don't think, on using those for... Flotsam and Jetsam, they're all 6x4s that I've got. I think I might have enough neoprene, but um, I've picked up a few of those. So who, who knows? But it's another option um, for a more kind of um, natural-looking game rather than one that's perfect for match play they're probably better for narrative gaming than for 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 match play because because your models might not fit so smoothly on some of the, the natural hills that you've put underneath um, so yeah visual, visual and based around a the theme are, are some of the main things I've done and I've built up at least how many I've got, I've got a list here now let me see if I can find it I've got I've already built up 12 or 14 tables for Flotsam and Jetsam um I know each one's built around a certain theme. Where's my list? So I've got an Osgiliath one, and I've got a a, a, a mat that goes with that with loads of ruins. I've got a, a sec. I've got a Minas Tirith one that's gonna be that's about half done. I've got the the walls, the original walls that Games Workshop made for Minas Tirith on there. Some other bits need painted. I've got just a kind of a standard rocky area, which could be Mordorish, or um, and I've got like a town with Bree with type buildings in which we've played on for um, of course the Ringbearer there's a Rohan board with a whole um, Rohan stronghold set worth of buildings on there including the Palisades um, I've got a Goblin Town board which I've got two three sets of the Goblin Town scenery I think and then Moria was um, we've played on that as well so it's some old toys and lots of kind of faux blue faux made into rock and then a Shire one with some Hobbit Hills are made and I'm in to head myself, um, which makes a nice sort of table just for normal match play. If you have it, just use it sort of a, in the background. Um, and then I've got some kind of open open planes and things as well. Um, there's a weather top, which I may, I'm even tempted to put weather top into onto a table if I need to. So it'll look quite cool if you have that towards one side. Um, people will still fight around it. I got. I got like a, a one with hundreds and hundreds of trees. So I might even do two now. So it's a Fangle and murkwood So there's there's lots and lots of stuff that you can do, and I love the idea. And it works perfectly with Middle Earth to kind of go right. What scene from the film? What geographical area do I want to represent? And um, pick it and go for it. And there's there's generally answers for most of those things. There's TT like, Combat does some. I think it's TG Combat does some like Elven style buildings. So you could do a a Rivendell style thing, you can um, um, GW obviously do all their ruins and things. Um, there's I don't know, There's loads and loads of stuff out there, and loads and loads of terrain makers these days. I and mean, you can very easy to find people to um supply the stuff you need to do a, a theme table, depending on what your favorite um scenario is or favorite part of the film or book, etc. etc. Um, and, and what I don't like, um Obviously, what you said—stuff that just looks kind of too old and battered—I'm um, not a fan of the old four bits of terrain, one piece in each corner of a, of a board kind of thing, which you see at some events. And like, it's hard for events having good full tables because it costs money, and most people don't do what I've done—is build up, you know, ten tables. But I've got twelve tables worth now, and I'm going to need to get up to to twenty for for, for flotsam jetsam now, um, and. I know that the gaming club that we're playing at will have a two maybe that will be suitable for Middle Earth and I want the quality to be good. So I don't want to have ten really nice tables that I've done and then some scratchy ones with a hill, two hills and one wood and a, and a ribbon and um, that's it. And so that's what I don't like when you go to an event and it's you've got that kind of really basic... Four bits of terrain, maybe five if you're lucky. Um, you I think you at least want to see six, seven, eight pieces on there of different types and it to be in it to kind of match. It doesn't have to be really high quality stuff in terms of I don't know, Rohan stronghold kits and really highly themed, but I like it to kind of look like it matches, not kind of, you know, you know, the typical games club terrain when you've got an old Warhammer building from 1995, and then you've got a, a, a hill that's painted in a different green to the table, with flock that's worn away in the corners, and uh, um, a few trees, um, a tree, a wood where two of the trees are broken off, another wood that has removable trees, and then um, a couple of like railway hedges, and so you know you get that kind of thing. It just it's just uninspiring.
2: Um, and car boot table
1: yeah and it's you see that a lot of old clubs and I get it because clubs haven't got loads of money and, and, and people don't look after stuff when they're at clubs either so things get chucked back in boxes and so I, I totally understand why that happens but it's not as inspiring um, and, and when you play games like that it's more about being social and being up with your friends down the local club and playing a game rather than kind of Spending some time playing a narrative game that you've put some time into terrain, which is as I get older and um, I spend less time playing, um, that time playing becomes more and more important that it looks really cool. And it's all kind of fully painted and the terrain looks good as well. Like it's easier when you've got sort of club games like that where it's a little bit scratchy that those that unit with the back rank that's all unpainted doesn't look quite as out of place on that table anymore so the whole sort of standard slips a little bit I'm not I'm not elitist about it I wouldn't wouldn't not play games like that I'm just saying what I like and what I prefer um never tell people not to play on games like play games like that and that people should be fully painted to play if they if they're happy not to p- paint their models and the, their opponents happy then play the games you yeah, know the most important thing is playing the game but I'm saying what I like um okay so we sort of we've covered some of these things already we've talked about what we like but but Starting from, we're talking about the table itself, um, in terms of the hardware underneath what goes on top of it. Um, I want to sort of talk through what's available out there just in case there's something that, that comes up that people aren't aware of and, and what you so what's yours, Dan? Yours is, is just some MDF, isn't it? On no? a
2: yeah, I've got um two uh four by two sheets of MDF, I think it's uh, 12 mil, um, that can sit on top of another, like, sort of dining table or co- my coffee table because so I can sit round it. Yeah. Uh, not ideal. I think get backache after a while, so I'm going to find ways of working around that. And I'm thinking about creating something, uh, like some um, something fold out or something to to, to place it on. Uh-huh. Got numerous plans for that, but also, you know, they'll do for now, and it means I can then put my um, my mat on top of that, and then I've got my all my terrains in uh, very useful or extremely useful whatever they're called. Uh, so
1: so wood, for, Woodland Scenics, and I've only seen this recently, and I don't know if it's available in the UK as well, it might only be in America, but I think Woodland Scenics do a kit to build a table. And they're for, they're for, meant for railway modellers, and they might be kind of in two foot by two foot squares they make, these these tables. Um, so they just block, just sort pre-cut of wood for you to sort of nail together. And the idea is that you buy multiple of these kits, and then you can kind of place them where you want for your railway layout. I'm just thinking whether that stuff's available in the UK. I don't know whether you've got storage space anywhere, whether you've got a garage or anything where you can stick the odd thing. Um, basement, but it gets damp,
2: so it's no uh, good.
1: Yeah, you'd have to... You'd, hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't be good for your wood, would it? You don't want damp wood. But anyway, that's, no, that's, not. Uh, that's something I've only only seen recently from watching a YouTube channel when someone was using them for the bases on their tables and they were using...
2: like six Is this or, this uh, six uh, module
1: rail they're talking about? I, I don't know what... I, I didn't hear them mention a name. I saw a,
2: a square stand and stuff, but it appears to be us only. Ah, that's a shame. But it, yeah, it it just, corners
1: it, for, it's you, the kind of thing that I would buy because I hate kind of cutting wood. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not a good at woodwork. So I'm the kind of person that would buy the stuff and, and, and measure it all out and cut it. And it still would never be right. I just wouldn't do any job of it so I like to buy stuff pre-cut and then get it put together happy to put it together but I want it pre-cut I'm no I'm no tradie um so the idea of getting a kit that would do that for me would be would be good but um I just thought I'd mention that when you um were saying about what to put what to do to raise yours up we didn't have lots of space um that's the way of doing it Oh, have got fold-out tables and things as well that's uh, an
2: option yeah that's possibly where I'd look at it you can buy tables that work in that way but I mean the other thing as well is I can take the mat and then my terrain down to the gaming club on a on yes, Sunday and exactly. put it up there. So
1: I think the last it's been a while. The last couple of times I went down to Incon Gaming and I knew I was playing Middle Earth. I took I took a set So all my each of those things of terrain that I each of those themes are in a separate really useful box. Um, I don't do this with all my terrain, so I do have terrain that's kind of generic terrain, especially for historical gaming and things. I've got like a box of trees and a box of roads and things like that and another box with some buildings in at different scales but for Middle Earth especially because I was using it for an event and because it's all themed I started putting stuff in boxes so there's my Bree box open up the box it's got everything you need in that one box helps with your packing up and 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 setting stuff up for a game as well it means if you've got help you've got people that are helping you set up for an event you um you put the box and the mat on the table and, yeah. if you, and what, I pl- what I'm planning to do, I haven't done it yet, is to set everything up beforehand and do a nice quality aerial picture. And you can even print that out and stick it on the box and say, then anyone can set your table up right, can't they? You can just copy the picture, please, and you can go around and, and adjust it afterwards. Um, far too, far too organised, sir. So. <laughs> yeah, or controlling <laughs> is probably the right reason, because I'll have an image of where I want it set up. And if you just give people a box of terrain... Um, if it, and again, if it's just got the hills and stuff, and it's fairly generic, it doesn't matter. But if you if you've kind of spent some time putting together a theme, like a brick and you want, and you well, I want a prancing pony in this position here and there, and this building here and this building there. But the time you come back and look at it, if you've got someone else to do it, you'll just end up redoing it anyway. I imagine you're like that. <laughs> you've got to be like that. The way you are with some other things, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, anyway, there are um, that's that's what I've done for those. But um, um. Yeah, just steaming them and things like that work and taking your own tape, taking your own mat. That's where it came from, so I couldn't remember where we got there, but, yeah, taking your own mat along and one box of terrain um, with your army. um, It's pretty easy to do if you're driving somewhere. Yeah,
2: it'll all go in the boot, so it's no problem.
1: Absolutely. Um, So what other things? So we talked about folding tables. You get those, you get a couple of styles of folding table. You get those kind of more heavy-duty plastic ones which are marketed as anything from kind of garden... Barbecue, picnic tables, camping tables, um, yeah. and then you get the kind of cheaper style ones, which reminds you of the same thing, but from the from the kind of eighties more. Um, and then you you've got even the like wallpaper paste tables, and you get different quality ones of those. I remember using those in the past, having two um, wallpaper paste tables, and they used to be, I think, just over six foot by like three and a bit. About maybe yeah. three foot, maybe two and a half, maybe. I think they were two and a half um wide. Um and then again you place two of those next to each other and now you put a mat on them back in the day, I used to put a board or something on the top or put the old realm of battle on there and then just, as long as you've got your ear plugs so when you start rolling the dice you don't don't deafen yourself. Um so you, in terms of what goes underneath, there's quite a wide range out there. And I've got one of the the, the, the ones that are aimed at gamers, so the G mats ones so gamemat.eu i think they're around 130 150 pounds now they're not cheap anymore i think they've gone up a little bit um and i god knows what they'll be to ship at the moment i wouldn't even begin to think about (laughs) shipping that with the way things are at this at this point in time but i bought one before before the gaming case was bad enough Yeah. yeah, Oh God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You got hurt with that. But it's really nice anyway. This thing. And yes, I'm replacing it in the the middle of of replacing it now. But I'm not getting to get rid of it. That will be. That will go in the garage. And when I, if I have people gaming, and um, so my gaming room as mentioned already is on my top floor um, of my house. um, My three story house is on the top floor, right next to my master bedroom. So I wouldn't have anyone up here gaming past ten o'clock, probably, because my wife goes to bed and. Um, it's not the nicest thing for her to sort of hear people upstairs gaming when she's trying to get some sleep. And also, then the near, you know, if you're having a few beers and gaming, I don't really. The nearest toilet is our ensuite, and again, walking into the bedroom when the wife's asleep, probably not the best place to go. And you go down a flight of stairs to the next toilet, right in between both my young son's bedrooms as well. So then you're walking all the way down, all the way down two flights of stairs to you, the other. the downstairs toilet. So. You know, if I had someone around for some late-night gaming and a few beers and a few mates around for gaming, it probably wouldn't be in my gaming room, funnily enough. I'd probably just put the pop-up table downstairs, put it up a conservatory or something like that. So that will be my future plan. But those things are good. So if if, if you don't mind spending that, you know, sort of £120, £150 on one, but you can't have space to have it permanently up, they are really good. Just because you don't have to have two tables. You've got one table, does it all. It folds into to three so and it it's um, sort of falls into three three sets of legs come out on it. It's not the strongest thing in the world. You can lean on it. You no, want to but, jump uh, on specifically
2: it specifically. Say don't put things on it. Like there's there's one with a kid on it or something. Yeah, like you, the you, can,
1: you can lean on it. Um, but it, you you can hear it, it does make a noise when you lean on it. You could you know you could probably throw someone through it. You could probably work in a wrestling match on WWE <laughs> um, and people wouldn't be too injured. It's that kind of thing. But um, it's it does the job, and I've really enjoyed having it. Um, now I'm using the Calyx units. Well, um, Pete's got those, hasn't we? We're talking about Blander on Instagram. Pete's, yeah. Pete's built his gaming table around Calyx units along with loads of other people that have. So that's yeah, the, kind of thing as well. it's the kind of thing I'm doing now, um, just because of the storage it gives, so I will be putting some boards on top of it. Um, and then boards on top of your, your dining room table works well as well, um, depending on the size of your dining room table.
2: Um, oh, it'll work for that definitely in my case
1: so you might want to depending on your dining room table you might want to put down a like an old blanket or a towel or something so you don't scratch the top of your service and, and cure the wrath of your significant other um...
2: um i bought um oh god i can't remember what it's called it's just like a, a rubber rolly um sort of mat mm. um they do, they do in hobbycraft it comes it comes in a, like a roll and you know, you get those sort of slightly hippie ish looking, um, <laughs> uh, table settings where they're rolled up, it's like a rolled up rubberized mat. Oh, uh, well, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, you'll see, yeah, it's like keep... a big version of
1: that. Oh, uh, well, I think I know what you mean. You can get those that go under designed to go under rugs as well to stop them slipping yeah, on half lost
2: exactly. I think that's originally what it's supposed to be from. I think right. I want to say it's um duct tape or something. Same people do that, but it's um. Yeah, I've got a bunch of that, you know, so I can just put that under That's good, yeah, so. that, that'll do the job
1: to stop it scratching and stuff I think that's it really, apart from having a, a permanent you know, if you're lucky enough to have a, a permanent space. Or you'd have a
2: fold down one like Steve
1: Yeah, and i, I that's something I considered in the past. So I just have more more space in here, but it's not really needed. Now it's um, I'll go for the four. I wish I could squeeze eight by four, but it would clash with the edge of my excuse me the edge of my desk and and the door to get in. Um,
2: I think um, six by four is more than sufficient. You have to be playing a big game that would probably take you into the evening and uh, you know highlight those problems for, you for you Middle Earth, upon
1: Absolutely, not really not really needed for some of the other games I play. Sometimes having a larger six by four would be good. The other time it'd be good for Middle Earthers. If you have got an eight by four you can always have two four by fours side next to each other so you can have a couple of mates around but again in my room like i said if i've got multiple people around in an evening which is where most of my gaming happens because of the because of having kids and things um then they wouldn't be up here much anyway so see what it is but anyway that's kind of covered that side sort of thing um and then and what do you do we've already touched on this as well so what do you do after you've got your table um some people just paint their boards um and um, we kind of touched on that. So you, where did you get your map from?
2: Uh, mine's a deep cut. Um, I picked that up. I can't remember now. I think it was element actually. Cause I think uh, they were the only people who had one. Yeah. Um, Cause they do a particular one called muddy fields that seemed really good for the sort of the color palette of Amon hen. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it, and it would work it really for other good. things too. Um, so that's the one I picked. It was also quite close to the, the basing scheme I'd already done on my, uh, Breaking the fellowship and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I ordered that four by four one. Um, I wouldn't go back to things like um realm of battle and stuff. No. no. I, I, no. I, I mean, I, I, was, I was I was staff when that came in. Actually, um, I've painted more than my fair share of those. <laughs> so no more. <laughs> I, I had whole one water
1: or dice on. I had one, and I thought it was great at the time. But looking back on it now, there's so many things that that, that they're just. No good about it, and and whoever had the idea for the first um, sort of mouse pad neoprene style gaming mats, well, I just I think they still think they're absolutely fantastic. And yes, I'm moving on to some some of the fleece style ones as well now. Some of the more modern fleece style ones that they're using in historical gaming that could easily be used for both. But um, I still like my mouse pad, and that will be my my go to for for Middle Earth. Um and for for a lot of games to be honest with you um especially if you you do play match play games mat's the way to go and then most of mine are gmat or um or um deep cut and I've got a real mix of both um so I've got at least got twelve up there I think I've got twelve 12 no, twelve four by four
2: mats yeah I can't really still at this point you know tell the difference. <laughs>
1: No, 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 it's just, you just go by design, and I've ordered both of those, mm. this was, this is, not getting political, this is pre-Brexit days, but I've ordered both of those directly from them as well, in whatever Eastern European country they're in, and they were both fine, um, and I've ordered them from, from, like, Incon Gaming and, um, Element Games and things as well, so they, uh. Always good quality. Wouldn't recommend one over the other. Just go with what's available at the moment, I suppose, and what what design you need. There are lots of other brands out there, so um, TT Combat are doing some. Um, I haven't ever owned any of the TT Combat ones, so I don't know, but they do have a range. It doesn't seem to be quite as good. Um, I'd say be careful if you're on eBay and even on Amazon, sometimes you can get acrylic kind of plastic or P- PVC ones. I don't know if you've ever come across any of those, Dan. So well, rather I than have ma- not. <laughs> so rather than not that kind of PVC. No, no <laughs> the rather than the kind of the, your, your printed mouse pad. It's the same kind of artwork, but it's printed. Um, it's generally a cheaper quality, actually. Someone's that's just used photograph and not done too much Photoshop, um, but they've printed it on rolled out PVC, and you can get them to sit flat. But they generally have it's almost impossible to get rid the, of the shine from them or the sheen. So mm. not only would is it louder to roll dice on because it is just it's probably one, one, two mil thick. It also is that sheen. So if you're taking pictures or anything, you just got a shiny edge to it. My first ever mat it was a lot cheaper and. Uh, and I, I stuck one and I stuck it down in back when I used to have my my summer house in my garden in in, in Cheltenham back in the Gino days. Dan, oh, the mock dungeon. Yep, my first ever mat was one of those, and it was fine. And it looked you look at the artwork straight down, it's nice, but as soon as you start lighting the room, so many angles, you just got a shiny surface. That that was a bit disappointing. Um, they're still out there now. They, they are available, as I said. i just I'd spend the extra money on a. Um, on another map now don't yeah, get me wrong, there's a bunch
2: of isn't there um, P-Work War Games and oh, Urban uh, P- P- Mats do uh, them as well P- don't P-Work
1: we? and Urban Mats are beautiful really nice ones in America you've got Cigar Battle They um, tend to they've got a mixture of uh, neoprene and of kind of the fleecy kind of blanket style ones Geek Villain in the UK I don't think, think they have neoprene ones at the moment um, there's um, oh, there's a company I would have had a very bad experience with um, I can't remember them though. We were talking about them the other day, weren't we, Dan? Um, Yeah,
2: best best not inflicted upon new
1: ones. They're another UK-based Mac company that does a real mixture of all different types. Um, But um, I I wouldn't recommend them. I I can't recommend them because I can't remember the name. Um, But there's there's a lot out there. But there's also, as I said, there's a lot of these smaller companies. Those uh, PVC ones I probably wouldn't recommend. I say that, but... And um, when I build my gaming table, rather than paint the surface, I may buy one of those cheap ones. Funny enough, after saying I wouldn't recommend, but to use it as the tabletop because you can pick them up so cheap, sort of, sort of twenty-five, thirty pounds, um, and get something in a neutral colour because um, you can get usually get all different kinds of designs. So, so never design not designed to actually ever be the board for the terrain, but rather because I'm going to put three MDF boards next to each other and they'll have a join. Um, and rather than get the paint out and do that, I might just buy one of those and, and stick it down onto the top to become the surface of the table that I then put the mats on top. So when I don't have a mat on there, it doesn't look like ugly wood if that makes sense. But um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend one just for just for gaming because they just look a bit a bit shiny and a bit crap really. Um, and then what do we got? I suppose we what we haven't talked about. Is the option is of his building boards and a it like Steve does, whether you're building them out of sort of high density foam in sections and and dropping them in and, and taking time to to flock them or put grass railway style mat down, you can do that.
2: Yeah, there's so many tutorials on YouTube and stuff as well. I mean, um, uh, what's his face from um, Geek Gaming, uh, Luke, yes. or formerly Luke's APS, but now he's Geek Gaming. Um, obviously, uh, there's there's a bunch of others as well. There's um, Train guys are usually the ones I've looked at in the past. Um, you've got people like Luke Towan. His his scale modeling is ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, they're beautiful. As I said, one day I may well get in, if I've got some space, I may well. Might be something for the future. I look to sort of build something really thematic and large, but at the moment it's focusing on the terrain that goes on top of some nice pre-bought mats for me. Um but that may well change in the future. But they are definitely options. And if you if you just want to build a fairly generic kind of countryside board, say you play a uh, strategy battle game and, and not much else and um you just want a fairly generic y board that has that's grassy um, that you can put some buildings on or something like that, then that can be a really good option and quite a cheap option for you. Um, and and fairly light to store if you're just doing it on, on bits of polystyrene and you're not building the wood around it. So it's definitely something to do. And um, oh, I've, I've forgot, something else. I Kind of forgot the name of now. And I should have written this down. There's an so you can buy the railway grass mats that you get in all your railway stores, and most of them are smaller than than six by four. Um, so you'll end up using having to use multiple sheets. Um But there's a company out there. I think it's Woodland Scenics. Actually, they do their grass mats, and it's it's backed on PVC. But it's flocked on the top, Um, and I've bought a couple of those, and they are slightly larger than 6x4. So you've got a little bit of overhang, but you can obviously trim it down. I think they're 100 100 mil by 100, I can't remember, can't remember any mils it is, but they are larger than 6x4. So you can cut those down to a 4x4 easily if you wanted to, and I've even airbrushed on the top of those, so you've got somewhere in between kind of that building your own railway style grass or texture up but also being able to roll it up but they do tend to roll up a little bit by themselves so you want to kind of pin tack it down when you uh, when you put it down on the board but that's another option as well and they're a little bit cheaper you might cost you about 30 pounds for it rather than sort of 50 60 pounds for a neoprene mat next bit next bit um kits versus scratch build i think i know what you're going to say here you probably prefer the kits at the moment rather than spending a lot of time doing the scratch building
2: i would like to have the capacity and the time to do scratch building i know that you know that's that's the hard one to pull especially because i do have more time than most people and i spend a lot of time painting miniatures as well i could probably utilize that time but i'd rather paint miniatures yeah. to be fair um and the gw kits in particular have been really nice the, the rohan house was amazing it's probably one of the best plastic kits i've ever put together and painted and it's terrain yeah, that's, that's awesome. And the new Dog order scenery, which actually we did mention earlier. I can't believe we missed that. Um that's yeah, yeah phenomenal,
1: does not it? And that and that will be purchased once it's out for oh, a oh yes. that will be a table for um Flotsam and Jetsam So I will, that why not be, get it on uh, release board.
0: <laughs> Oh yes,
1: for you definitely, for me will oh, be yeah. So for me it will be I'm assuming it's going to be the kind of thing that's uh, a set kit. Um, and then I'll need you'll need a three or four to do a whole table sort of thing. And um, you be can always hope they're
2: going to do the same thing they did with the Palisades and that, where they can buy like multi back, well, you know, they, um, they, I,
1: That they sold out really quick. And I was really, really lucky that Chip at Incon Gaming had bought a few and he had one left over and said, Do you want it? And it was a, quite a good price. And I said, Yes. Um, I depending on when that that kit comes out um, if it does come out as part of the next release i probably won't have the money spare to uh, to to drop on a big um well big box we, like i that. suppose
2: we can but hope they've uh, learned from that and there's more available so uh, uh, if, if I, working that, in, uh that was the, like a,
1: that was a uh, proper limited forward. deal though wasn't it you made a, you got a bit of money back they don't do that often that's that was a bit more kind of uh, it Made sense for it to be limited. It was more, I, I don't think it was very well communicated. It was limited when it first really that first kind on of a few days it was out, I didn't know it was. I just thought, Oh, well, that's cool. I might pick that up, and then it was a case of you know, that's limited. What? But I was lucky. They
2: did the um Oscillia Ruins set of three, which was cheaper. For, for yeah, that, that's different,
1: that's different though, isn't it? That wasn't that wasn't boxed up like the Stronghold kit. The Stronghold kit was two different kits, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, but. You never know, I mean the it might be just one type you could. Mm. You never know, We can yeah, all go. We
1: don't know what it is. We've only seen pictures of it all made up, haven't we? So we don't. I don't think. Have they yeah. not given any details on it, have they? So I've not missed any. No. Moment. No. But uh, you never know. So I, I'm hoping it will be like uh, like the Oscillia Ruins kit and it will be one big kit kind of thing, fairly sizable. Yeah. you, you either have it choose. as a centrepiece or you buy multiple and and yeah, if they do a deal where you can buy multiple, great. But there some will be purchased and it will become a table for flotsam for projection, no doubt. Um, yeah. um, so I, I'm I'm similar to you actually. I do really enjoy building terrain but in terms of time scale I don't have the time to spend on doing the intricate stuff. I rush it. And I did that with with Helms Deep, and as much as you know, I've had some lovely feedback on that big Helms Deep I built, and that video was the most watched probably of our uh, YouTube channel. It's still I look at it now, and there's so many bits that I just rushed because I wanted to get it done, because I wanted to move on to the next thing. And I do have that sometimes with, with some of my projects. Like There's so many things I want to do that um, I don't spend that year doing something. I spend a couple of months doing it. And, and, and when it comes to things like buildings and things that you really want to look really spot on, I've definitely migrated to I'll spend the money on a kit rather than spend the time. Just because it will, I know it will look really, really good. Um, and I'm happy to do the, the bits the, the simpler bits and make them look good like the bases for trees and things like that so I don't mind building and, and, and painting stuff but when it comes to the scratch build stuff I leave the really the posh stuff to the kits and that's because we've got so many more now we? And which brings us on to the, the next bit so good manufacturers of kits so um, it's probably me going to be rabbiting on more than yeah, you here Yeah, you know
2: the answer <laughs> to this one I mean obviously we've got the ones I know of, you got you got foreground if you fancy the MDF, and obviously you got GW if you fancy your GW stuff. Yeah, yeah. And
1: um, so foreground do pre-painted um, MDF kits. Yeah, which um, are pretty they nice, are beautiful. There are premium costs because they're pre-painted. Um, they have some lovely stuff that will be great for Lake Town. Um, that's linked I've got with their buildings that we've used in that um, we use for our Brie I know Damien's got hundreds of those buildings which he used for his including the the, um, the big inn um, so there are a couple of other companies that do pre-painted or semi my own building that I use for Brie is was a semi-painted one but I got that on eBay and that wasn't wasn't a foreground one it wasn't quite the same quality so foreground are, are brilliant and I love them um TT Combat do MDF, they're probably on the end of the scale, so budget side of things, but they do some really, really good things that are quite cheap. Um, but once you paint them up, they can be fine. And then there's um, a company I use a lot at the moment called Cerissa Precision. They are top quality, right up there with the best MDF kits, but they aren't painted. So they're kind of your foreground quality kits, I'd say, but not. Not painted, and either that I would think they're the two big players in the NDF market, at least in the UK. Um, and they do some really, really cool stuff as well. Um, I'm trying to think what's anything I bought. A lot of the stuff I've got from my um, epic American Civil War have come from them. They've been licensed to um, Warlord Games, so they do some really, really, really good stuff. Um there's a company called Warbases, and I think they're up in Scotland, um, and they do lots of MDF bases, funnily enough, and they do some very basic kits, but they've also just released, they're just, just releasing or just released a whole new range um, of buildings, and they, they basically are another floating town not um, medieval style town. So that would be a perfect lake town. And I've, I've seen their prices are a little bit cheaper than the foreground ones. So I'm looking at that and thinking a, a, a good set of that would be a really good lake town board for Flotsman Jetson. And I need a I need a, a C mat for a, uh, a historical game. I've got that well, involves boats, um, so I'm on my shopping list for next year already. Is a is a four x four at least, maybe six by four sea based mat. So if I pick up one of those mats and then some of that terrain, that could be a good. Um, there's just just so much out there. I we mentioned Renedra later earlier on in the show. They make yes. they're a hard plastic. Um, a moulding company I think they make some other people's miniatures they definitely make the very common bases that you see in a lot of other kits so you're like your Perry miniatures kits and all the square bases and then they I think they're all made at Renegra and you can buy a lot directly from Renegra but they make some wonderful plastic kits and ruins so I've got they do some dark age and medieval small ruins kits and they're so cheap if you haven't been on their website go and have a look on their website and it's true scale 28 mil stuff so it's perfect for for middle earth they've got some castles medieval castles that are humongous and, and while they're not cheap when you look at how much plastic is in it they are really really cheap compared to what they would be if they say from games workshop games workshop will be I've charged just four Googled times you just look at them now the, the stuff they do is amazing the the they're prices are
2: amazing. they're 20 minutes from me really really they're huh? a whisper. Uh oh,
1: fantastic well they're they are brilliant it means i've got
2: to go to wisp beach but
1: <laughs> just have a look on their website there's there's loads of stuff that you could pick up so they definitely do um like fences and things like that and they do medieval barns and buildings and they're, they're very basic plastic kits they go to, they remind you of um probably gw sprues from 10 years ago and you know there's a lot less on the sprue so to speak Um, But the detail's very up with modern things. And they clip off easy, clean up really, really easy. And, uh, and, yeah, just I think they're great stuff. And once you've glued together a plastic building, it's pretty indestructible. Um, Whereas MDF stuff... You've got to store it carefully. It does break. It doesn't last forever, whereas plastic stuff just just seems to go on and on and on. Um, So, I mean, that's just a smattering. There's loads of more stuff out there. It'd be really nice if actually people put in the comments on the the release post for this show, put some comments of your favourite terrain makers and what you get and things. Um, And they'll be different from people from different around the world. Um, Post your own kind of region-specific ones because lots of the advice we're giving. Especially at the moment with the kind of how hard global shipping is on things. We're, we're finding a lot of people turning to turning into manufacturers closer to home. So um sometimes advice we give won't really be applicable to, to people on the other side of the world. So yeah, put your own put your own advice and things up there. But um yeah, so th- I've mentioned some of my favourite companies anyway, things I go to most often. Um what do you got on to next trees. You've you've got some experience with trees recently. I,
2: I do actually um all of mine are knock trees, which are there are Primarily a railway or scenic uh, company from Germany. Yeah. And so I got those. I mean, they were not cheap as trees go. I mean, no, I got a lot of recommendations to say. buy ones you can get from, you know, eBay or Wish or whatever. And, you know, yeah. you can get 30 odd trees or whatever for about eight ninety nine with free shipping and stuff. But I, I thought, <laughs> you can never tell how big they are. Yeah. They all look identical, um, which is, is fine. Um, but I wanted to put a little bit more into it than that so i think i spent about 50 quid yeah that
1: makes sense sense.
2: yeah and i've still got loads spare i've still got about about maybe 18 20 trees left to use so i can still build more bits Uh, that's good that is good Mm. so yeah totally happy with that
0: i've
1: looked at those i've i go two ends i've got some really nice railway trees the kind of things that you buy individually in um your, your railway hobby shops that are like you pick one up and it's like eight quid or something like that i've got a few oh, of those really really nice ones there's um, some I, in
2: my local that are 30 pound and i was so tempted because they're beautiful they and massive budget. as well
1: yeah i mean, I mean they, they, they got more and more expensive so i've got a few of those that are, tend to be individually based and i use them not on a on a board that's a forest so maybe i'll, I'll put them on the brie board or on the the shire board or something like that and then i've also got a lot of the cheaper ones and i bought a lot of the cheaper ones recently so i've done exactly what you 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 talked about but didn't do which is kind of go down that you know 50 trees for 12 quid kind of thing in fact not for middle earth but i bought from amazon 72 plastic kind of um palm tree type things um mixed bag for 13.99 72 of them and um I'm, I'm going to be doing a video soon for my own channel on, it, on, on whether I can turn them into uh, something that's usable because some of them are okay, some of them are shocking. And then they, because they're kind of bendy plastic, they may not paint up too well. So I've got some ideas about how to do it, but um, the challenge is to turn them into something that looks cool for for a tabletop. So, um, but yeah, they won't be so much for Middle Earth. But you could, what I do with them, you could use them for Middle Earth. So I will um, once once I've recorded the video, I'll mention it in in a a future show and pop a link in there if people are interested, because it's definitely a very cheap way to get a lot of trees. Um, But yeah, you've you put this. Spend as much as you as you can afford to, really. With trees, I'd say. If you don't need many, buy some really nice ones because they look fantastic. If you do need to fill a board for a forest or something, then maybe look at cheaper. But look at ways of tighten them up. Um, um I've got some plans for for both merkwood and for fangorn. Um, and, and the merkwood ones I'd probably be using cheapish ones at times, but then covering some of the cheapness with um. Some teddy bear fur, um cobwebs and stuff like that, just to kind of take the take the attention away from the fact that it's a cheap tree. There are things you can do if you're if you're happy to do some work with them afterwards. But if you just want a tree to stick straight on a base, then yeah, go and buy some nicer ones. And it sounds like you, what you went to was the sensible side of spending more money rather than Ooh. the kind of crazy I'm building a diorama side of 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 nice. Um,
2: yeah, I uh, kind of took the middle ground, I suppose, and yeah. wanted um, something a bit nicer. And they they are really nice trees, in fact, they are very, very nice. But, um, yeah, I, d- I didn't want to spend a fortune either. <laughs> I don't blame you. Right, well, we, we're nearly at the end of this kind of
1: ramble on, on terrain and, and table setup, which may not be an interest to everyone. But look, I think we should finish off with sort of the tools and resources and things that, that, that we use and things all could be handy. I mean, what have you... What have you had to buy that Dan that you've never had to have before, um, since you've embarked on this terrain making escapade?
2: Actually, to be fair, not the hugest amount. The the big thing that I sort of got on board with was modeling compound, yeah, which is shredded paper and um, artists casting plaster as far as I can work out, yeah, um, which is sort of a variation on sculptor mold. Um, it's still quite expensive, but it is phenomenal. It's really, really useful. Really good. Um, Funnily enough, I was speaking to Mr Crow, Stephen, uh, from uh, Top Table Gaming, and he's made his own, and he's found a way of doing it, so I've encouraged Slash, attempted to bully him into putting a video up of that, yeah. so I hope he will, and if at some point he does, we'll be sure to put it in our social medias, um, to be fair, watching what Steve's up to on his uh, YouTube channel is well worth a go, um, anyway. Uh, so check him out, but um, yeah, I haven't had to buy that much. Mod- modeling compound was definitely one of the biggies. Um, I've done some bits with um, Milliput. Um, in you know, I used to use it for some gap filling and occasional bit of sculpting on miniatures, but it's the first time I've ever really used it as so it's almost like a building material. Yeah, recently, but that was more my my display board. But it's sort of similar, sort of discipline. But yeah, mostly it's that and. Um, I didn't buy gaming sand. The, one of the biggest things I did was I went to um, just went to, uh, Wix or B- B&Q. I think it was B&Q in the end. I don't think I would get it at Wix and just bought a big bag of sand in there and the then, then just laid me. it on trees and put it in the oven at 100 degrees for a couple of hours to okay. dry it out. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, £2.50 and I got so much whereas gaming sand where people try and sell you literally a baggie of sand for a ridiculous price oh, it's,
1: it's crazy it's crazy i my Don't kids have got a sand gaming pit. sand my kids have got a sand pit so um um and, and
2: i've got a cat there's no way I'm playing in a sand pit <laughs>
1: oh. um and you buy um sand pit sand it's kind of like it's safe and um generally Quite dry when you first buy it. it, doesn't come wet like you can with some building sand and things. It's quite, yeah. it's quite fine though, um, it doesn't always give you the, the the kind of the grit you need. Um, Joking aside, yeah, I just beaches. bought cheap
2: railway batter, ballast and and chucked um, yeah. that in amongst the other sand. Yeah, I think the whole lot cost me about six quid.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's like occasionally if I'm at a beach or something, um, when I I grew up by the sea and I don't live by anywhere near the sea now, but um, I I used to get all my sand from, from the beach like that you could, there's lots of different kinds of grit whether it's bird grit or you know pet shop stuff is the way to go as well that's always cheaper than buying modern stuff so if you don't want to go to a building merchants then head to a pet shop you'll generally find different kind of grits and grades of sands at a reasonable ish price not as cheap in terms of bulk as it would be from a builder's merchants but you can get stuff that you don't have to put in the oven um so that's always a good shout um but i think you know there's. this you know all about all the stuff you can find in a railway modeling shop is going to be useful, so like you mentioned, your media parts, your green stuff, Look in um, places like um, Hobby Craft and look at sort of self drawing clays and things can be good as well for sort of doing your bulk molding of things mold yeah. like you mentioned so look at um um it's not luke aps anymore it's he's, his website called geek, geek gaming scenics um modeling compound so sort the of yeah. range of stuff that he has there um is 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 most things you kind of need to do that kind of proper home modeling um again look in look for wooden scenics um and look at the stuff oh. there for railway modeling you've got you've got really good um water effects and things um at I some, would say
2: for paint, though, as well, don't buy, like, GW paint um, no. to paint your board. You literally get hold of, like, cheap. Like, go to the places like in the UK, we've got the works. Yeah. place like that and just go buy cheap acrylic that's close enough, and then you do your final bits with a bit of your actual paint, and it, you'll be able to match it up.
1: Yeah, so in the UK, works and range, um, Wilkinson will have some cheap sort of, yeah, B&M have some cheap school-based kind of, Art stuff—you can get poster paint, but you can also get cheap acrylic paint. It's often quite thin, so the coverage isn't always there. You can get tester pots from from your um, DIY stores as well. I often, find emulsion does take a long time to dry. If you put it on too thick, though, so be be aware. Um, yeah, things like blue foam—pick up um, XPS foam—it's really good for, for modelling hills and things. Looking at hot wire cutters, the, the list is, is is endless. Really, the best thing to do is slowly build it up over time and get what you need for each project. And then what you'll find is next time you come back to do another project, you'll be like, oh, well, I've, well, I've got this, I've got A, B, and C, but I haven't got D, so I'll just add that little section on. Um We could probably sit here and list a lot of things. But if you're modelling in, in gaming anyway, you probably have a, a good start to these things. So it just might be a way of dealing with things at a larger scale. So you might need bigger brushes and things. Think about picking up some cheap paint brushes rather than trying to... uh paint your uh, a table with your, your size number two
2: um oh yeah i just went to hobbycraft and just bought yeah. a bunch of cheap uh, like synthetics because they yeah, cost virtually nothing brushes. i just threw yeah. them away afterwards
1: you don't even want to be they're too it's too expensive to uh wreck a excuse me a brand new um tank brush or whatever they call them now from from games
2: workshop on either you want to go and that well, i think they probably do a scenery brush still do they still do a scenery brush I honestly haven't checked. Um, uh, I knew how much it used to cost and I knew how much I could get it for we in other exactly. places, so I didn't even look.
1: Exactly, exactly. So yeah, go and, go and look at those cheap kind of arty places and I think they have them all over the world, don't they, those kind of places. So definitely yeah, because place you,
2: you will destroy it as well. I mean, that's a simple fact. Yeah. no matter what you're going to destroy whatever brush so it's probably not going to be in fit for anything other I, than the bin afterwards.
1: i'll often yeah i'll often just throw stuff away rather than which isn't very good for the environment i suppose but some stuff you once you've got it too much paint and glue on there's not much you can do so buying stuff that you're happy enough to throw away because it doesn't cost so much is always good um um yeah and that's probably it really i mean we as i said i could look around my disc and list tools but that's probably really boring as i said pick a tool pick a pick a Pick a project and then get the stuff you need for that project. Right, that's been us nearly an hour talking about terrain. And uh, some people are going to like that and a lot of people may not. So we'll we'll, we'll call that a day there. Um, right, we'll take a little break now and we'll come back with our guest um, for Heroic Deathmatch.
2: Welcome back. Welcome to Heroic Guest Match. Uh, so this time we've uh, got a guest on. Uh, as you may have noticed the last couple of episodes, uh, we haven't been able to get to Heroic Heroic Match. unfortunately. Uh, time has gotten away from us. But we are joined in this case by Nathan. So say hello, Nathan.
3: Hello, Dan. Thank you for having me.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you for giving me some of your time on what is uh, my, my Tuesday lunchtime. So thank you mm-hmm. very much. Uh, so, um... Without further ado, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your Middle-Earth hobby journey and uh, what you're up to at the moment.
3: Uh, So uh, I started, like a lot of people, about 20 years ago with the Black Games Middle-Earth magazine and then discovered Girls and Beer and kind of drifted away from it. Had a few years in the wilderness, ended up working with Games Workshop, which kind of reignited my Middle-Earth love and then kind of subdued it at the same time. Um, And I had a a few years away from... From it, and then during lockdown last year, picked up a field box as a kind of good way of filling the time, and I've gone all in from there, Um, and I've now suddenly got a terrifying pile of unpainted sprues and metals and bits and pieces. Um, I've currently got a great beast of gorgo on the go, uh, which I've been flying through this week ahead of an upcoming event, and I'm quite enjoying painting him, actually. It was a a bit intimidating to get to start off with, but thanks to some advice from yourself, it was uh, fairly smooth, and uh, it's going well.
2: Yeah, I really enjoy painting that model. Um, there are points of it which are a bit of a pain in the butt. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, it was, it's, I mean, it's a fun model and it's one of the, the larger, more impressive models. Um, I actually got to use mine on on the Saturday just gone and that was good mm-hmm. fun. Um, he didn't really do a huge amount apart from a bit of ball control and sniping the odd um, uh, Rohan Royal Guard. But, you know, that does me. Totally uh, did what he was supposed to. Helping me the battle. So, um, yeah, your, your journey back into Middle-earth and, and generally your, your hobby journey seems to echo quite a few people's. definitely mine. Uh, sort of the GW thing about igniting your passions and also subduing them at the same time.
3: Yeah. Alternating yeah. between
2: throwing petrol and water on the fire, I found.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think it was always one of those things that it, was, it, it made the hobby probably less fun at the time, but made me appreciate it more in hindsight. So uh, it it wasn't the best in the long run.
2: Yeah, I think uh, anything where you make your interests your profession has the ability to do that, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. How Stu manages to maintain a business thing. Uh, It it amazes me. I I know all of his reasons, uh, but it still amazes me every day that he's able to do that because I I couldn't. And so more power to him.
3: Yeah. No, I I think it's always an interesting one because whenever you talk to the people that haven't worked against workshop, you, you get the it must be great to be paid to paint and play. And it, obviously that, that isn't the nature of the, of the job. But for Stu especially, that is, that is a lot more of what it is. And that must be quite, uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine the separation myself. But if it works for him, that's fantastic.
2: Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So tell us about the recent events. Uh, Where would you go to? Uh,
3: so I had uh, it was my first event in The Lord of the Rings in about 15 years, probably. Uh, was at Harry's Lord of the Imps in July um and that was great because in the run up to that I'd played about three games um since getting back into it obviously lockdown was a major factor in that um, but I got six games in over the weekend uh, I lost five of them 1-1 but there was not a single game I didn't enjoy and it was just it was just a, a really great great experience uh, I had another one at the just recently gone inch gaming in lincolnshire at the weekend or last weekend now um and that was only a three game one um but I Again, I won one, lost three. So my average was better, probably. Um, but again, three games that I really enjoyed and uh, lot, lots learned. I've got a, I've got a couple more coming up now. I'm, I'm off to Cardiff at the end of the month, hopefully, um, for Into the West. And something else coming up. Um, Harry's got another Lord of the Dips due, I believe, in October. So i have earmarked that one for, a, for an appearance as well. So that, 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 the great beast is it is being worked for Cardiff, I'm on a deadline for that
2: one Nice, well I mean, apart from Cardiff which obviously is a bit more of a trek you've got a lot of stuff around them, I mean you're in quite a good place really, much, much like me, sort of Midlands Way um, it's not more than now from Warhammer World and obviously imps is at Lincoln and stuff, so it's never a bad thing. Oh, I'm assuming you'll come over if um, Greetings for the Warp do their eventual Middle Earth one, because that'll be Earthland Borough just outside Northampton
3: Oh, almost certainly, yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff stuff within that traveling distance is, uh, yeah. Cardiff is is a huge exception, obviously, but yeah, the other stuff, if if I can reach it in a the day, then there's no nothing really getting in the way.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm totally up for traveling distances. I definitely want to make it up to um, see Chris and the, the the crew up in Scotland at some point.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I saw I saw that one come up, and, and unfortunately, that that one didn't quite work out. My, my wife was keen to go to that one, um, not not to play, just to. See the area, and that would have made things a lot easier for driving stuff. But it just it didn't work out for our calendar. But definitely, at some point, it would be amazing to get up that far.
2: Yeah, it would be a beautiful part of the world. So um, I'm definitely up for going up there. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Um, It'd be next year now. Obviously, we've got the meetup because uh, we're both members of the Battle Strings Patreon. So we've got the meetup yep. in uh, October. Uh, it yes, is October yeah, got that 30th. One,
3: yeah. Yep. That'd be also, if we well. won't yeah.
2: forgive you for that one if you forget that. <laughs>
3: No, that's that's fine. I've already fallen out with her of my army choices, so uh, that, yeah, I'll do my best to remember that one. Just just
2: refuse to tell her, or just tell her you're going to change it. That really annoys her. It's working for me. <laughs> yeah,
3: but, I, uh, I, I, that's what I did. But it's all it's all fine now.
2: <laughs> I, I can't decide. I've painted too many armies that I've not played with yet, so I'm, I'm, I can never decide. I'll, whatever I turn up with on the day. Um, but uh, yeah, that's I mean that's cracking. Uh, you've obviously been to more events than i have i you've been to some i haven't been to any yet but uh, they are on the list for me uh so yeah definitely i'm looking forward to sort of following in your footsteps on that one because as much like you previously i haven't played a single middle of event of any description yet and i've only played about six games total since i got back into. So i picked the best possible time to get back into it oh absolutely just before pandemic <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> so um without further ado um you picked the match up, being our guest. Uh, who did you pick?
3: Uh, so I have picked uh, Aragorn King Elisar.
2: And who did you pick to go against him?
3: Uh, the only creature that I have any memory of even having a chance of beating him, which was the mortal troll chieftain at the Black Gate.
2: Seems thematic, seems fair. I I like Mm -hmm. it. I like it. So, um, naturally, you are taking King Elisar, and in my traditional underdog role, I am taking the uh, Troll Chieftain, because certainly on paper he is, although uh, the film would suggest otherwise. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's always good fun. Um, So, um, do you want to read us through the profile for King Elisar?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, Aragorn King Elisar, uh, hero of legend for Minas Tirith, Uh, 225 points. Um, He's got uh, I think, he, he, obviously, his profile is, is, is improved from his strider because he's fully kitted out. He's he's movement six, fight six, three plus shoot, strength four, defense seven, attacks three, wounds three, courage six, uh, three each of might, will, and fate. And, of course, mighty hero gives him a three-point of might each turn, which is priceless, um, quite honestly. Um, equipment, uh, he's obviously got heavy armor, which gives him a, a defense boost. Uh, and he has Andriel, flame of the west, uh, which I know is often referred to as uh, the Lord of the Rings lightsaber. as uh, an elven made hand and half sword, uh, which Aragorn never requires more than a four for his wound rolls. Um, and he, he and it obviously because of the hand and half, he can use it as a two handed weapon and he can still get the plus one bonus to wound. So he could potentially wound anything on three plus, which is pretty incredible. Uh, heroic actions I think he's got all of them uh, heroic resolve, march, strike, strength, defense, and challenge. I, I suppose it, he hasn't got the magic base. He hasn't got a channel, yeah. no, but yeah. otherwise, yeah. yes. Yeah, um, he's a horse lord, um, which allows him to use his fate on a horse, which has probably come become more important in recent times. Uh, he can yes. take an arm, he, he can take an armored horse, um, and he has the special rule stand men of the west. It's a friendly model in six inches of Argon, can I count as being in range of a banner, which including
2: himself, which is including going to be himself. pretty good
3: for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. I always forget the banners, So yeah, that, that that's uh, I so, say yeah, that, that works really well. Um, there, there's one one errata to him. It's probably the only real weakness in his profile. And it's not it's not a big weakness at all. Um, he cannot be included in the same army as Boromir, Captain of White Tower, Boromir of Gondor, or Denethor, which is thematic. Um, and honestly, I don't. You wouldn't put, put the points of Boromir and Aragorn into one big miniature list, anyway. But uh, that's like that's a very small downside. But otherwise, he's pretty much the perfection that is everything. Everything Aragorn, Aragorn, me, Aragorn is
2: yeah he is one of the best profiles in the game i i still i, I quite like obviously apart from the fact that uh, elendil has not so much fate given his uh, you know what happens to him he's yeah. one of my favorites and again gilgalad is there if, if they had three fate i, I would yeah. put my money on those as well but uh, yeah, you certainly can't complain at that. So um, Mordor Troll Chieftain, We are using the bonus from the Black Gate. Uh, opens my, uh, Legendary Legion. So he gets additional Might, Will and Fate and he is fearless. So he is a troll. Uh, he's Mordor. He's a monster. He's infantry and he's a Hero of Fortitude. He's 140 points. He's movement 6, fight 5 slash 5 plus. Strength 7, defense 8, 3 attacks, 3 wounds, 4 courage. With the increased, uh, increased profile, he's got three might, two will, two fate. He's got heavy armour and a sword. He's got heroic strike and strength. He also causes terror and has the 12-inch strength 8 throw stones. So he's not bad. But again, to most characters, I'd probably put some money on him. But unfortunately, uh, he is fighting Elisar. But still not to be sniffed at, certainly. Um, particularly the fact he's actually got strike as well. So his potential for Aragorn not to pip him by doing that.
3: Yep. Yeah, I, so, I think... Certainly, I think if he can get that win, um, he could very quickly do some horrible things to Aragon.
2: Oh, yeah, um, squash him horribly!
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> which is largely what he intended on doing in the movie. So uh, that would be incredibly thematic.
3: Yep. Yep. It was unfortunate timing at the, the church on the ring for that one, but well,
2: uh... oh, for the troll certainly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Possibly not quite so much for uh, Aragon. I think he was probably quite pleased with the. Uh, run out to the events and certainly the uh, beginning of the fourth age of Midloth would have been slightly different otherwise
3: yeah it would have been an, an odd kind of s- situation
2: But yeah. you certainly can't complain about that so um, as we've otherwise stated uh, you'll be running Elissa and I'll be running the mm-hmm. troll so yeah. um, without further ado why don't we uh, get stuck in and uh, get rolling some dice so
3: yeah,
2: first round um, are you going to strike
3: uh, yes I use the free point of, of might to strike with Aragorn
2: I'm also going to strike.
3: Yep. Uh, I get a 1. So he, he's fight 7.
2: I have also scored a 1, so I am fight 8. So.
3: <laughs> well, there we go. Okay.
2: <laughs> but that'll do me fine on this one. Yep. So roll off. I have
3: a 6 high. Okay. Uh, I have ooh, a 2 high, but I, I, I will use the banner and get a 4. Oh, dear.
2: Uh, all right yeah. so six with a fight of eight that puts me in the run for that one it
3: doesn't yeah because yeah I, I i can't win it even with that with my yes yeah, so i i should i should yeah. have said he's going to take a beating should i yeah go go for it
2: <laughs> so we've got uh, your defense of seven versus strength of seven i'm looking for an almighty four plus uh, okay. i have two fives and a two so it'll be two fate saves from you please sir
3: two fate saves okay Uh, Oh goodness! They both fail. Uh, uh, Both are a three for both. Uh, Yes, I will. I'll save my might and take the two wounds.
2: You can always uh, throw another point uh, fate at
3: it. Oh, yeah, I can use a third uh, fate counter, which I fail as well. That's fine. That's fine. This this is going as it did in the film so fast That that, that works. I'm I'm fine with that. (laughs) Fate is all gone, but uh, otherwise unharmed
2: excellent stuff okay uh, are you going to strike again with your free three point yeah I better do okay I'm going to uh, use my second point of might to uh, mm-hmm. I have scored a four so that puts me on fight ten
3: I've scored a five which puts me on fight ten as well
2: Okay, okay. so it's down to the twice
3: mm-hmm.
2: I've scored a four high
3: I've got a five high
2: ah, then, you, then you win sir. so mm-hmm. um, roll those fours Uh
3: that is plus, yeah. Uh, that is one wound.
2: Two, one four. Oh blimey! I've got. I'm uh, fortunately I've rolled a two, so I've lost a uh, point of fate. I'm going to re I'm going to use my second point of fate and have another go. Mm-hmm. That's a five, so I managed to make the save. So I've still got my wounds, but I am run out of fate also. Okay. Well, this could get messy. Right, I'm going to use my final point of might to strike again. Yeah, um, I'll use my strike. Pick. It's nine, I want, a, I want a two, so I'm to fight nine. Okay,
3: I use my three point strike up to a nine as well. Oh, getting tense. Nice.
2: I have a five high, uh,
3: I have a five high as well.
2: Oh, I'll let you okay. roll closer, so it'll be three plus because it's an elven maid.
3: Yes, so we'll go with that. It's a no, it's a one, but it goes to you.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm gonna need those four, uh, fours. Mm-hmm. I've scored of uh, two a four and a five so I've got two wounds on you
3: two wounds I have no fate left so that's two wounds taken down to one it's
2: a bit tense now
3: <laughs> yeah, now would be a good time for the, for the eye to be destroyed or the ring sorry
2: yeah, uh, I unfortunately have no more might to st- <laughs> uh, strike up so okay. uh,
3: you'll fight seven though, aren't you so I, I, am... I will continue to use my three point to uh, strike up to a nine so I will win draws
2: okay got a five high
3: five high uh i match that five and you beat me on the fight here, okay, so. here come here come the four pluses uh that is two four pluses and oh and a three mm. so if i spend a point of might i can finish you at and death, y- yep I. yep which to be That'll fair be-
2: sounds pretty appropriate
3: ah. <laughs> pretty smart thing to do <laughs>
2: Well, I'm on that count, um, the Mordor Troll Chieftain has given Aragorn an absolute whooping, but does fail at the last, which sounds quite appropriate.
3: Yeah, he's got a bit of a bloody nose, and uh, he'll be limping home, but he, he did get the win in the end. So uh, we'll, we'll accept that. Can't
2: say fairer than that, and it is a little bit closer than half of the usual uh, death matches. So uh, a good yeah. choice there, and thank you very much for that. Right, no worries at all. Good fun excellent stuff well thank you for joining us um and without further ado um do you have any uh shout outs you'd like to make for your local club or groups or whatever that uh you know you're part of
3: um i'd say um I- i've been playing a lot of imps gaming in lincoln in lincoln um it's a bit of a trek for me but there- there's a really good gaming crowd there so it's not a trek it's a like, four or five minutes up the road there's a really good group of people there um, I'm working on people at my local shop in Grantham, which is Dice Cabin Games, which is a, a good shop with a, with a good manager who's keen to get Lord of the Rings played, but not quite there yet, but hopefully someday. Uh, other than that, I guess I'd I just echo the same as your your standard thanks on the podcast to uh, all the content creators that have kept us busy for the last year, 18 months, century, or however long we've been there we've been stuck indoors.
2: Yeah, it, is, it has made life a little bit easier, so yes, so I'd echo that. Well, thank you very much for joining us and uh, giving me your time on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. So uh, once again, cheers there. Yeah, thank
3: you, Dan.
1: And we made it to the end of another show, and um, it feels odd because it's been a very long time since I said that, but it's been nice just chatting, hobby, even if I haven't done any recently. Um, so, Dan, I'll hand over to you. Would you? What would you like to say before we let these people go?
2: Well, first of all, thanks to Nathan for coming on and recording. I mean, you probably just heard me say thank you to him as well. I'll be straight up, didn't record that this evening, so yeah. <laughs> but thanks once again to him for, for joining us. And uh yeah, thanks to the usual uh suspects who are putting out great content. We've got Damien and Steve as part of battle streams and uh obviously top table gaming. Um we've got people sort of posting regularly in the um the groups actually, which has been really nice. We've had some really good engagement from people who popped us some, some messages, so thank you for those. And uh yeah, generally everyone who's producing great stuff for us to all enjoy. So yeah, thank you to you all.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. I second all of that. Uh, yeah, thank you, Nathan, for stepping in and helping out. Um, so Dan's been recording a couple to uh, help fill in the the, uh, the time when I haven't been able to um, get together. Just to make our records go a bit together a little bit. But it's also nice to get. It's a really nice way to get people on to the show, isn't it? And to get listeners to come on and. Uh, engage with yeah. the show and, and pick the matchups and things as well so it's, yeah, it works it's a do, really uh, nice
2: nice thing uh, submit yours um, send us a message and uh, if it's a really good one then I'll, I'll definitely invite you on
1: Exactly so if enough enough good requests come in you won't hear me do death matches anymore cuz it'll be Dan will be unless there's a special maybe when we have a release um, yeah Dan, well, if I get too big my
0: busy
1: come no. <laughs> I as much as I love doing death matches I really I really like the um, having the guests on as, as, as the format and, and you doing that and um, hopefully listeners you like that as well um, and it just makes our record a little bit easier it means we can get the show comfortably in into an in, into an evening and it doesn't get too long to get all the different sections recorded and things um, but yeah thank you for everyone to for who's been listening and stuck with us with a little gap and there's a few people that messaged and said when's the next one going to be so apologies for the gap As I said, it's mainly the personal... We said that a lot recently. This time was very much unforeseen stuff um, to do with family. And uh, hopefully that will become easier. But I'll make no promises about it, to be honest with you. There could be bumpy times ahead. But um, hopefully it'll be fine. But anyway if you'd like to engage with us still and not fed up with us not putting shows out um, you can head over to our Facebook page um, and you can join our Facebook group there's a link from that so just um, search us on Facebook you can follow us on Instagram at ootfp podcast, and on Twitter at OOTFP or you can email us directly at podcast at gmail.com don't forget to check out our YouTube channel it's not loads and loads and loads of regular content but we, we use this as a bit of supporting act in a way to kind of show you things that are better on video rather than just on audio but thanks very much for listening take care and we'll catch you all soon